Hey there, welcome back. Okay. For listening to the most viewed or yeah, most live streamed um, show on the planet this afternoon. Five PM Eastern time. Five PM. Old Diaper Don was indicted for January sixth. Nah. That you know, the repeating the bullshit that he's spewing. And the more that you do, the more that he's going to allow you to be honest with you, that number is diminishing as well. But again, you know, one of the things, Ben, that you brought up is your new, um, you know, your new site at what is MidasTouch.com. And I implore all the brigaders to immediately go onto that site, log in, and so on. I'm going to tell you why. Because something that I brought up to Ben two days ago when we're beginning to work on it, we're not sure if it's going to be New York, Chicago, California. DC, but we're going to make our rounds as to where the very first meet is um, for all the brigaders, political beatdown rally. Uh, personally, I'd like to see it in DC, right? And I'd like to see it somehow with Mike, you know, the White House, so that everybody knows how, how strong we are and how, you know, how, we, how secure we are in our position that. We are going to go there and we're going to make our presence known, not just to the Republicans, but to the Democrats as well. And we will be out there in force, not just, let's say, September or so when we end up pulling this thing off, but come 2024, when it comes time to get to the voting booth, we know that our brigaders will be there. We know that we will be a part of this gigantic blue tsunami that is just going to drown the GOP, that fake red wave that everybody is expecting. Eight million millennials will be able to vote next year. So big that we're going to end up putting this bullshit, this autocracy Enough to win the election. Just, we're going to wipe it right out of our body. Whatever they want. Yep, the new Midas Touch Network website is MidasTouch.com. And Cohen, as we were talking about posting this big live event in Washington, D.C., what's so interesting is there have been so many brigaders and members of the Midas Mighty who have reached out, and they've been like, hey, let me help plan an event. We all want to do an event, so I know the demand is there. I also know the demand is there to see... I don't know how big of a venue that we're going to... Uh, end up having. Obviously, I would prefer, if, and this is again something that I wanted to bring to your attention, I would prefer that our brigaders have first shot, right, at um, joining us uh, as we do this rally. So, you know, the place that we're going to uh, have the sign up, and please, if you do sign up, because you will be taking a spot away from someone else, please make sure that you're there, and if not, obviously you'll let us know through the same website. But that's going to be the site in order to get your bracelet or your number, uh, because we again we don't know how many um, the place will seat and hold uh, for the very first event. Well, the 
demand is there for the event, but I think there's even a significantly greater demand for accountability of Donald Trump. We are learning that Special Counsel Jack Smith may be giving a press conference at any moment now. We will bring you that press conference live here on Political Beatdown the moment that is taking place. See right here. C-SPAN is just recycling through old interviews right now because uh, the room where the press conference is going to be held is still being set up. We believe this means Donald Trump is going to be indicted again by Special Counsel Jack Smith in the other case relating to Donald Trump's 2020 conduct relating to the election. Uh, we want to just do a quick sound test to make sure that we have our audio, not just... Yes, keep playing it salty. Let's make sure we have audio so that we're ready to go. Perfect. Audio is there, sound check. My dogs were barking. They're ready to go, Michael Cohen. Let's pull up this post from Donald Trump right now. Donald Trump said at 5 he was going to be uh, indicted and an announcement was going to be made. I had the countdown on for 5 Eastern. This is what Trump posted moments ago. I hear that deranged Jack Smith in order to interview with the presidential election of 2024 will be putting out yet another fake indictment of your favorite president, me, 5 p.m. Why didn't they do this 2.5 years ago? Why did they wait so long? Because they wanted to put it right in the middle of my campaign, prosecutorial misconduct, just kind of whining, whining, whining. I want to show you this other clip of Alina Habba just to show you how pathetic it is. This as we wait for special counsel Jack Smith's announcement. Um, and here you have Alina Habba saying that Donald Trump would never act like what he's being accused of. He is the most ethical person that I know. Meanwhile, she's getting paid $1.5 million in the latest uh, disclosure for this past latest book. But they would like the American public to believe in these bogus indictments that there are some facts that say that President Trump was obstructing justice. When he has his turn in court and when we get to file our papers, you will see that every single video, every single surveillance tape that was requested was turned over. If President Trump didn't want something turned over, I assure you, that is something that could have been done, but he never would act like that. Okay, He's the most ethical American I know. Let's talk about the indictment. Should be noted, though, that Yusul Tavares, the head of IT, Donald Trump's own employee, is the one who provided all of this information to Special Counsel Jack Smith and said that Carlos de Oliveira and Walt Nauta said the boss, Donald Trump, wants the surveillance footage deleted. So let me go in and let me just break this down a little bit for the brigaders so that they fully understand that there's more to this than just what meets the eye, what view of Michael heard. Cohen, let me interrupt you. Oh, right yes. I'm seeing the same thing. Here's what we are learning right now. This is being reported by Ann Bauer from Lawfare. I'm just going to report it as we learn about it. An indictment was just handed up before the magistrate judge by Assistant United States Attorney Molly Gaston, the grand jury foreperson connected to the January 6th grand jury, was in court when it was handed up, the indictment will be filed and sealed. We believe this is the indictment that Special Counsel Jack Smith has just filed, that a grand jury has just voted on. The indictment, we believe, has just been secured just moments ago. The four-person handing it to the judge, this would be another indictment of Donald Trump for engaging in criminal conduct regarding the 2020 election of the January 6th insurrection. Also, potential criminal conduct regarding his 
political action organizations as well. As soon as this indictment is unsealed, we will Whatever. bring back to you. But I got chills talking about that, Michael Cohen, sharing this Still historic jail, with, what the fuck? with the brigaders. And we're going to bring in some legal analysts. Why isn't he in jail yet? Keep the coverage going. But like anybody no else would be. An immediate reaction from than you, Michael Cohen, who has endured years and years of this. What is your immediate reaction to hearing this live on Blitz? No house arrest. Christopher Perez, shot for prison. goes to the former president, fuck you for putting the country through this. Really, yeah. fuck you for doing the things that Take you up all our national resources. Day day Take the responsibility, own it, right? Instead of having your minions come out there, stop attacking people like Jack Smith. The guy, the guy is doing his job. And the fact that you don't like the job that he's doing doesn't mean that he's deranged or corrupt in the Biden, you know, family, you know, and so on. There has that not shit. been a single shred of evidence that any one of your people have produced. And remember, the guy who was looking into the Biden scenario happens to be a holdover from the Trump administration. So you got to stop this shit. It is damaging our country. It is making neighbor feud with neighbor. It's making state feud with state. Yeah, We're allowing the entire country to, you know, One to run amok war. simply so that they can follow into the nonsensical statements of Donald Trump, the Alina Habas, and all of these sycophantic lawyers, right, who think that they're doing good right but they're not what they're doing is they're just regurgitating donald's bullshit so that they keep the money flowing look one of the things that's crazy is right after trump made the again announcement that he was going to be indicted that he got the target letter what goes out 50 different text messages to everybody whether it's from his kids whether it's from staff whether it's from him dear patriot dear american you know dear maga all of a sudden you know he's again grifting for the money and he's not grifting for the money in order to defend them it's, it's where he lies and he just lies to them and say oh i'm doing this for you i'm putting my big ass body in front of the democrats to protect you that's not true all right in fact you know he's only looking out to protect one person and one person only and that is himself and you you fools are out there doing what you are paying 
for his defense of himself. So it's time that we smarten up as a country. And again, it's why how many times in every single one of these uh, episodes on political beatdown, I say to our brigaders, it is essential that we ensure that we are fully registered to vote come 2024, that I cannot wait for us to have this rally together, for all of us to have one unified voice against autocracy in favor of democracy. Let's try to take not just the House and the Senate and the White House, again, fully democratic so that we can actually get things done that benefit all Americans, not just Democrats, all Americans. want to give the brigaders all the breaking news as we learn about it. We will be learning about it together. Here is what we are learning. First, this comes from Josh Gerstein. Breaking a grand jury just returned an indictment against a defendant who was not identified publicly even by initials or grand jury number was put under seal. A prosecutor who handles the January 6th matter criminally investigating Donald Trump before that grand jury, Molly Gaston submitted what is believed to be a Trump indictment. Here is an update. Molly Gaston, this is from Kyle Cheney at Politico. Molly Gaston, a prosecutor detailed to the special counsel, handed up a single sealed indictment and received permission to issue a summons. That just happened moments ago. No names or initials provided. Kyle Cheney also reports. Court is now closed. We may have to wait for Trump to get the summons and hop on his social media platform to learn what happened. This from Jim Acosta at CNN. The federal grand jury hearing evidence in special counsel Jack Smith's investigation into efforts to overturn the 2020 election handed up an indictment in the federal courthouse in Washington, D.C. And here's the post that Donald Trump made moments ago. Let's pull this up, Salty, what Donald Trump said when we have it. But Donald Trump said that he is expecting to be indicted at 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, That is what is coming from uh, Donald Trump's social media platform. So that is all of the information we have. And if there is a press conference, there it is right there by Salty pulling it up. I hear Jack Smith is going to indict me at 5 p.m. I'm just going to take away all the other you know, stupid and idiotic stuff that he writes on that social media post. Want to remind everybody as well about the new Midas Touch website, MidasTouch.com. We're going to be announcing in the coming week some of the top editors, some of the top reporters who are going to be working for MidasTouch.com. And that's all made possible thanks to you, the Brigaders, thanks to the Midas Mighty. Everybody who's contributed memberships to the Midas Touch Network has allowed us to expand and MidasTouch.com for all breaking news. It's going to complement what we're doing here on YouTube. Michael Cohen, as we're learning more, and again, we'll break to a press conference the moment we hear about it, the moment we learn more. But from all indications, the indictment has been handed down against Donald Trump for trying to overthrow the 2020 election This is a day of accountability, but to your point, Cohen, as well, it is also very, very, very distressing that this even exists and that the Republican Party has done this. Sure, but Ben, one of the bigger problems that's here is this is only one part of the 
corrupt behavior that occurred during the Trump administration. You know, I talk about my book, Revenge, and I ask everyone to please go to Amazon, buy the book. Why? I want you to understand what revenge is all about. Revenge is Donald Trump weaponizing. And let me say this again, because it's a word that Donald Trump throws out every single day, multiple times a day in posts on television and wherever else any of his acolytes or himself you know, are in a position to spew it. My book, Revenge, how Donald Trump weaponized the United States Department of Justice against his critics. Do I have to go any further than go back to the term that we talked about, you know, 45 minutes or so ago? Deflection. Donald Trump knew exactly what he was doing when he was when it was his administration. And he believes that he's going to be able to deflect away from his culpability so that, you know, it's now on the Biden administration, despite the fact that the Biden administration It's not weaponized. Jack Smith doesn't work for Joe Biden. You know who worked for Donald Trump? Bill Barr. And if you see the most corrupt prosecution against a United States citizen in the history of our country and why I tell people it is so imperative that you read this book. It is imperative because I don't want to see it happen to another American. This never should have happened to any American. In fact, and I say this often, they made me the very first political prisoner held by my own country because I refused to waive my First Amendment constitutional right. What country are we living? This isn't North Korea. This isn't Saudi Arabia. This isn't Russia, like where they jailed Navalny because he's a critic of of President Putin. This is the United States of America. You have your God-given constitutional rights. Well, not under a Trump administration. And Donald Trump, as I have said over and over and over again, and these indictments are proving it. Donald Trump is the single greatest threat to America's democracy that has ever existed. And we cannot, not for a split second, let our guard down because this cockroach will end up infesting our entire country with the ideology of fascism and autocracy. And we just can't allow it to happen. As we We wait... As we wait for more information about what we believe to have been the new indictment that was just brought against Donald Trump, I will point out that there was another indictment handed down in Michigan where the former MAGA attorney general candidate Matt DiPerno and the ex-state MAGA representative Dare Rendon are now facing criminal charges for their alleged roles in an effort to access Michigan voting machines after the 2020 presidential election. This is being reported by the Detroit News Support Local News. A special prosecutor confirmed in a statement earlier that the continued criminal investigation into the tampering of vote tabulators is ongoing and not over. Quote, the charging decision was the result of a thorough decision-making process by an independent citizen's grand jury. It should not shock you 
Michael Cohen that this was the MAGA Republican candidate. Matt DiPerno was being pushed by Donald Trump, by all of the kind of MAGA leadership, and he was going to then attack all of the people in the pro-democracy community. And so it is a good day for justice there in Michigan. Now all eyes turn to Washington, D.C., as the political beatdown live broadcast right now is one of the top news broadcasts in all of America. That is not special counsel jack smith on the screen for those confused that is what (laughs) c-span that is what c-span is playing right now but as soon as the press conference occurs we will take you live salty you want to do one more sound check right there just to make sure that everything sounds perfect beautiful salty everybody throw those salty emojis also i got a ben emoji yesterday thanks to the midas mighty hitting 400 memberships by hitting that dollar sign on the youtube page thank you everybody for unlocking the ben emoji it was funny i certainly appreciate it as well so that's big news coming out from michigan you mentioned before we went to break and as we wait for uh this indictment you mentioned the cult followers who showed up at this trump event and this is what it means to be a modern day republican that is so shocking to say michael cohen these are the people that donald trump is grifting off of to pay his legal bills one dollar five dollars ten dollars but <laughs> it's a salty you got to prepare <laughs> oh man but these are <laughs> <laughs> These are the people that that was genius. But here, I want to show, I want to show you this one. I want to show you this one, Cohen. This is a woman who was at the Trump rally saying that hey, she's proud to be in a she's she's proud to be in a cult. Here, play this, play this, play this. I am a huge Trump supporter, and I was just told yesterday that I was part of a cult, and I'm damn proud of it. I am. Not only does he part of us, he's part of us. He truly is. And the things that they're, they're, the liberals are putting his family through is horrendous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. He's part of you, right? Why don't you invite Donald over for a beer to sit at your, you know, to sit outside of your, of your double wide? I mean... So stupid. Does she not understand that Donald wouldn't cross the street to piss on her if she was on fire? I mean, they they create this image of him like these fake NFTs of Donald as a superhero, as a cowboy, you know, as a you know, as a special secret agent or something like that. I mean, that's not who he is. And the funny thing is, none of them know him. Zero. All they hear is when he gets up there or when he sends them a text message, I'm protecting you. Really? What they're putting Donald and his family through? What do you think Donald has put me and my family through? What do you think he's going to put you and your family through if God forbid a million times that he somehow manages to recapture the White House? There is a list of Thousands, I don't even know how many thousands of people on his hit list, on his enemies list. And he will spend four years, if not more, trying to figure out two things. The first is how to remain president for the rest of his natural life and how to get back at each and every person seriously times 10 that's on that list. That's what this country is going to end up becoming. 
Michael Cohen, we're going to be joined shortly by Karen Friedman Agnifilo, a co-host of Legal AF. She used to be the number two in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, so she's going to come with incredible insight. We also have Michael Popak, who's going to be joining us soon. This just in, former President Donald Trump has been informed, he has been indicted, by a federal grand jury regarding the special counsel's probe into Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Sources with direct knowledge tell ABC News. Let me repeat that one more time. Former President Trump has been informed just moments ago that he has been indicted by a federal grand jury regarding the special counsel's probe into Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election. As we shift to the second hour of this historic broadcast, and we said when we went live, we get good information here. We said it could be happening in minutes when no one else was saying that it was going to be happening in minutes. We have our very, very reliable sources. We will be joined in the second hour by top legal analysts, Michael Popak, Karen Friedman, Agnifilo, and others. But as we hit this second hour of our broadcast, people want to hear from you, Michael Cohen, about this historic news. Donald Trump has been informed. He has been indicted again, this time in Washington, D.C., for his efforts to overthrow our democracy. Cohen. Which, by the way, is going to create for a very interesting September 6th um, <laughs> deposition where Donald will be under oath. Of course, it'll be videotaped and transcribed. It's going to make for a very, not just interesting, but a potentially very dangerous deposition for Donald. And, you know, again, thanks to all of you who have donated and helped to bring us to where we're at. Um, I can assure you, you know, the lawyers, Danya Perry and Benjamin Brodsky, are fighting, you know, in order to prevent it from being um, sealed. You know, we believe in transparency. We want transparency. We want the public to be able to see Donald, you know, as he responds to the various questions that are going to be asked, you know, and to basically expose him for the fraudster that he is, the user of our legal system in order to intimidate and retaliate against, again, critics, people that he doesn't like, like me. Now, you know, it's it's crazy. I want to just go back for two seconds and talk about the um, server that was in that alleged small audio room. One of the things that has not been discussed, and you're going to hear it from me first, is that this server is the local server for Mar-a-Lago. Each and every one of the Trump properties has its own you know, server on site. And those servers, of course, uh, is the hub where all of the video um, that comes in gets fed through. But all of that then goes to a program, a mainframe, which is also then simultaneously sent to Trump Tower where it sits for, you know, until they end up deleting it there as well. So just by deleting it at the audio room level would not have gotten rid of the tape. So there is more here than meets the eye. And that, uh, again, you know, that's um, basically controlled. 
by the COO of... And, and Michael Cohen, I want to interrupt right here as more breaking news becomes available. We have the docket right now. Let's pull up the docket in the new case, United States versus Trump. You can see right here that uh, the case has been unsealed as to Donald Trump. You see the indictment. Then there's a motion to seal the case that was filed. And here it is, folks. This looks to be the cover page of the new indictment filed in the United States District Court for the District of Columbia, United States of America versus Donald Trump. 18 U.S.C. Section 371, conspiracy to defraud the United States. Count to 18 U.S.C. Section 1512K, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Count 3, 18 U.S.C. Section 1512C2, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding. Count 4, 18 U.S.C. Section 241, conspiracy against rights. This is coming out from Reuters legal right here and again as we learn more as we see more we will make sure that we are posting that right here want to mention to everyone as well who's joining us that cohen has a legal defense fund that uh, we all help put together um, in connection with the frivolous lawsuit filed against him by donald trump in the southern district of florida where trump is seeking 500 million dollars unlike donald trump and how donald trump does things all of the funds here go to cohen's legal defense in the southern district District of Florida and big news that Michael Cohen broke earlier in this broadcast that he is seeking Donald Trump's deposition. He is getting Donald Trump's deposition on September 6th in Florida. That's certainly going to be very uh, interesting as well. And we're hearing now from multiple reports, again, more confirmation that Trump was just indicted. We will be bringing this information to you as we learn more uh, here on the Midas Touch Network. We will soon be joined by legal analysts, uh, Karen Friedman Agnifilo and Michael Popak. We're actually joined right now by Karen Friedman Agnifilo. Karen Friedman Agnifilo, co-host of Legal AF. Thanks for joining the political beatdown crossover <laughs> episode that's now become the breaking news. Karen Friedman Agnifilo, I want to get your thoughts on this breaking news. No one better to hear from than you and Colin as well for, for different reasons, but very important reasons. Karen Friedman Agnifilo. Hi. So, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen the indictment yet, but, you know, it was always a question about whether this is going to be a sweeping hundred count indictment with multiple, multiple defendants, because after all, there are so many people who were colluding with Donald Trump regarding trying to steal the election. And so we were wondering, is this going to be a big, huge indictment like that? Or is this going to be a more limited, discreet indictment? I've always predicted it's going to be a limited, discreet indictment, just charging Donald Trump, maybe one or two others, you know, kind of along the lines of Walt Nada and um, Carlos de Oliveira. But I think that this is going to be a very limited, small indictment just against him and just a few charges because Jack Smith wants to get this case to trial uh, before the election. And that's the best chance he has at doing that, at keeping it limited and short and small. You don't need a thousand charges, right? That's just more, more charges that you have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt to a jury. You just need the ones that you can can prove limited, clear, streamlined, and 
there's less motions to make, less defense attorneys who can ask for time and ask for delay. Keep it short, keep it you know small, keep it streamlined, but tell your story. I anticipate this will be a speaking indictment that will have uh, a lot of information in there the way Jack Smith did with Mar-a-Lago, right? He explained what the charges were, what the evidence was, and how it, uh, how it, what kind of information he had really told a story. You don't have to be a lawyer to read the Mar-a-Lago indictment, right? You can understand it just from the way he wrote it. And I anticipate that this indictment is going to be very similar. Uh, the news reporting has been that there are four counts on the indictment, which you know is is along the lines of what uh, what I was just saying that they're going to. Keep we it have short. the indictment <laughs> right here, Karen, as well. So there you, you go. So to, four counts. Okay. You know, why, why don't oh we Oh my God, and it's it? one defendant. And it's one defendant. It's exactly what I just said. Oh my God, okay. Jack Smith, see, you know, Jack and Smith and I used to work together. We were trained together. We were trained in the exact same place by the exact same person. So that's, you know, he. I would have done exactly what he did. One defendant, a few charges. That's exactly what he did. So great. 18 United States Code Section 371 is conspiracy to defraud the United States. That's two or more people who conspire to defraud the United States uh, by um, impairing, obstructing, uh, or some other way defeating a governmental function with deceptive practices. You need an overt act. I think that's going to be with respect to the Pence vote, you know, to stop Pence from certifying the election. I think that could be that. Uh, and it also could be the fake slates of electors. I think that could, those two um, could very nicely, those two fact patterns could fit very nicely into Section 371. You know, the standard there is that he knowingly and willfully uh, knew that it was false, uh, that he defrauded the United States. He knew he lost the election. And they're going to say, look, you know, there's more than 60 legal challenges that said that. Bill Barr said that, you know, and uh, it will require an overt act, which means just an act. It doesn't have to be an illegal act in and of itself to uh, to um to uh, have done, been done by the co-conspirator, you know, with the co-conspirator. So it has to be him and another person. So you'll see co-conspirator number one, co-conspirator number two, co-conspirator number three, or unindicted co-conspirators, what it will say. Oh, the defendant's co-conspirators. There you go. We actually do have the indictment. Yeah, there you go. Co-conspirator one. Co see, I haven't even seen the indictment, and I'm telling you what it says because that's exactly what it would do. So these are going to be the facts that they're going to talk about regarding this charge. Uh, the other charge that um, he's charged with is 18 United States Code 1512 uh, and two separate subsections. Um, that is a scheme to obstruct, uh, I say, the counting of the presidential uh, electors on January 6th. Again, the pressure campaign against, uh, against Pence. And this one requires that you corruptly obstruct or impede or attempt uh, to obstruct an official proceeding, the, the official proceeding being the counting of the votes and certifying the election on January 6th. You have to act corruptly to be guilty of this crime. And Clearly, uh, the, the Trump here—they're um, going to prove that he was self-interested, right? He didn't have the best interest of the American people when he tried to steal the election. So I think that's going to be how they prove that he acted 
uh, corruptly. And then the final charge is 18 United States Code Section 241, uh, conspiracy against rights. This is a, um, a Civil War era uh, statute that was enacted when KKK used to try to um, not allow, you know, to take away people's votes and, and disenfranchise black people who had just gotten and earned the right to vote. And that's a charge here. Basically, it's unlawful for two or more people. It's a conspiracy also to threaten or intimidate a person in their free exercise or enjoyment of their rights. Uh, somebody acting under the color of law, what does that mean? So like a police officer or a government official, they're acting as if they're allowed to commit this, you know, to do the act, uh, which is what Trump was doing as president, right? And so he... Um, he was, you know, interfering with the electors, putting in the fake slates of electors, et cetera. Um, what I find, um, and so, you know, take away people's right to vote, and that's what that charges. What I find surprising in this, um, although it was expected because it wasn't in the target letter, what I find surprising here is that uh, Jack Smith stayed away from seditious conspiracy. Now, there was going to be a question of Will he charge either the Insurrection Act, which is 18 United States Code 2383, or Seditious Conspiracy, which is 18 United States Code 2384? Now, if you recall, the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys and Stuart Rhodes, et cetera, the guys who violently tried to overthrow the government, those guys were charged with, um, with seditious conspiracy, and that's they were convicted, and that's been upheld so far. The Insurrection Act has not been charged, uh, you know, I think ever or um, in a really, really long time, like, you know, since I think it was um, since the Civil War, it, it was it was the last time it was used. So many people didn't think that uh, Jack Smith would charge it here for the first time. But seditious conspiracy is something that they, the Justice Department has has charged um, has charged these other individuals who breached the Capitol and violently, you know, did what they did on January 6th. And look, there's a lot of evidence, and, and we saw it during the select committee's uh, hearings, there's a lot of evidence to show that Donald Trump, you know, basically could also be charged with that. So I was hoping he would be. He was, you know, he's just as responsible, if not more, than them since they were doing it at his behest. But Jack Smith chose not to go there. So, look, I'm talking about all of this. I haven't read the indictment. I'm just telling you what I think it would be. Um, ben, hopefully you'll send yep. it to me so I can read it. Oh, <laughs> and you, if there's any we more. send it to you. We're going to post it on, we go through <laughs> point by point so people can see it. But for those joining a historic event just taking place. Donald Trump indicted again in Washington, D.C. for his criminal conduct relating to the 2020 election. Michael hey, ben, Cohen, I'm going to get yeah. your reaction right sure. now. Sure. So the very first thing that I saw is on Fox News, on their digital. They then turned around and, um, Karen, I wanted to sort of put this in your lap. They make a statement that President Trump has always followed the law and the Constitution with advice from many highly accomplished attorneys. These un-American witch hunts will fail, and President Trump will be re-elected to the White House so he can save our country from the abuse, incompetence, and corruption that is running through the veins of our country at levels never seen before. The question, Karen, that I really have for you on this one, of course, knowing Donald as well as I do, he's already deflecting his responsibility or his accountability for the charges 
that you just enumerated in this indictment. He looks to me like he's going to try to shift the responsibility and the blame onto his highly competent, well-respected, overpaid by the fund, right, by the super PAC, uh, by the lawyers. How does that work in his favor? Yeah, so, so there's a defense called the advice of counsel defense, right? So, and we've had that in some, in prosecutions before where somebody commits a crime, but they say, look, you know, like a tax crime, for example, he says, look, I, I didn't mean to commit this crime. I went to a tax lawyer. The tax lawyer said I could do this. And, you know, if the tax lawyer in good faith thought that was the interpretation of the, if they thought that was the statute and gave that advice, that is okay, right? And so you won't be guilty because you didn't intend to commit the crime. You were acting on the advice of counsel. That is some what some people use, you know, as a shield. But you also, you know, and, and it works sometimes, but he's trying to use it, you know, as a sword, not just a shield, right? He's trying to say that, look, you know, uh, you know, I, he, he was given advice by multiple, multiple lawyers, including his attorney general, who conducted investigations into the voter fraud, including the 60 plus legal cases that he um, that he tried to bring but didn't rule in his favor. He was told by many lawyers in the Justice Department, uh, in the White House Counsel's Office, who said, you cannot do this. You cannot steal the election. You cannot put forth fake slates of electors. He didn't like that answer. So he kept looking for other lawyers who would uh, would basically go and say what he wanted to say. So they weren't giving him advice. He was looking for lawyers who would go along with what he said. Now he's going to say, well, John Eastman is the one who came up with this scheme and he's the one who gave me the advice. But a, a, a federal judge in California has already ruled that that the advice that John Eastman gave uh, regarding this whole scheme was actually a crime and it wasn't legitimate attorney client advice. Right. And therefore, the thing called the crime fraud exception, which pierces the attorney client privilege. And that is uh, and that is not going to fly if that's his defense. But that clearly what they're setting up here is that was going to be his defense. But he's going to say, I, my little you know, can I yeah, yeah I also think, by the way, that the other than, uh, say, Eastman, uh, we're also looking at Rudy Colludi, Drunken Giuliani, yep. who I think will ultimately be one of several fall guys uh, in this specific journey. Uh, and as many times as I've tried to warn them <laughs> about, you know, how Donald is going to handle, you know, the indictment that would emanate from Jack Smith's investigation, uh, of this, it's always somebody else. And, you know, who knows whether or not Rudy has already spoken, whether or not he's provided any pertinent information to Jack Smith, which could be the basis of this indictment. Yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. It's all these lawyers he's going to try to hide behind, and he's going to attempt to invoke this advice of counsel defense, and that's what he's setting up. I'm sure he'll come up with other defenses that he's going to try uh, to utilize here. But, you know, look, as I said, you can't seek out a lawyer who is willing to commit a crime with you and do something that is clearly not in keeping with any interpretation of the law, you know, it, it, you can't hide behind that. You can't 
basically you and your lawyer get together and say, well, I'm a lawyer, so let's go rob a bank together. And I told you that it was okay. So, you know, you'll be okay with that, right? It's you, that that's not okay. There has to be some good faith basis. Look, half his lawyers have been disbarred anyway, because they give such terrible advice. And, you know, he, like I said, he's gotten advice from so many lawyers about what the law actually is, but he didn't like it. And so he looked and sought out these lawyers. And I agree with you, Giuliani is definitely one of them. You know, he, he said in, in a kind of an odd video that he was taping, uh, that he's not cooperating, and he told the truth, and there's no crime, etc. But I wonder whether he is cooperating, uh, but he's just saying that he's not along the, you know, there, there's there's this weird playbook um, in Trump world that maybe, uh, Michael, you can help explain, where they will just say things that they want to be true that are 100% false, and Rudy seems to be along those same lines. And I think a stark example of that is, you know, there are multiple people who are at a meeting that I'm sure is going to be in this um part of this indictment between Donald Trump and Mike Pence, where Mike, where Donald Trump asked Mike Pence, will you, you know, not certify the election? And uh, Mike Pence says, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't have the power to do it. And what does Donald Trump do? He goes out and tweets, Mike Pence is on board. Mike Pence is going to do this. And I look at that and I'm like, it's just an outright lie. Like, it's not even like a philosophical difference. It's not like, I believe in, you know, lower taxes. I believe in higher taxes, right? This is a, an outright lie. And they just say remember? things that are outright lies. And that's what, yeah. so anyway, I, I don't know if Rudy Giuliani saying I'm not cooperating. I don't know if that's true or not. So do you remember during his administration when they were having the lie counter and after like 35,000 lies that Donald had told to the American people that they decided that they were going to just stop with it because it was so absurd. It was like six lies per day. So the fact that he is now lying about Mike Pence being on board or any of the other things, to me, it's not shocking. What Donald does is you know, it's very Stalinistic, um, whereby if, there, if there's something that you want people to believe and you know it's a lie, the way that you get them to believe it is you repeat the lie over and over and over again. And then you get your surrogates to go on and to lie and to say the same misinformation, disinformation, malinformation. And you keep doing this over and over and over again until the lie becomes the truth. And Donald Trump has perfected that technique. He's just perfected it. He manages to have enough people, whether it's because of his relationship to folks like a Sean Hannity or in the past Tucker Carlson or any of the other hosts of whether it's Fox, Newsmax or whatnot. Right. They would go out. They would regurgitate the lie again and again and again. And then they would get members of Congress to do the same thing. Ultimately, again, the lie becomes the truth. And that's Donald Trump's superpower. I want to say this. We are number one on all of YouTube in the world across all genres, all news networks right now. Thanks to the Brigade. Thanks to the Midas Mighty. I want to bring on to this superstar panel Michael Popa, co-host of Legal AF. We're bringing the whole network together. We got Michael Cohen, Karen Friedman Agnifilo, Michael Popak, the gang is here. Michael Popak, I want to get your <laughs> I want to get your reaction, Michael Popak, to what we are learning right now. 
Yeah, and you can hear me in the back. I'm sort of printing out the 45-page indictment. Karen Friedman Ignifilo, our colleague, was dead right when she said last week that the most perfect indictment she could envision would be a very simple indictment, one defendant, Donald Trump, and a small set of counts. We can't get any smaller than the four counts or so of this present indictment. And while there is a list of other co-conspirators, six in total, Karen was so right about Jack Smith putting together in an elegant fashion an indictment that is both sweeping in its approach, yet surgical in its attack, um, and doesn't delay justice. He'll add other people. There is no doubt that one or more of the six co-conspirators that's unindicted for now will be indicted before things are over, but not now. That's for a different time and a different place. Let's get a surrender arraignment of Donald Trump. Uh, to keep, I know every, you, you've already started the conversation, so let me contribute on the co-conspirator part. Co-conspirator number one is an attorney, it's Rudy Giuliani. Co-conspirator number two is an attorney, it's John Eastman. Co-conspirator number three is an attorney, it's Sidney Powell. Co-conspirator number four, a Department of Justice official, is Jeffrey Clark. Co-conspirator number five, I want to hear from Ben, I think it may be Ken Cheeseborough. And co-conspirator number six could be a political operative for the fake electors, which I think is Peter Navarro. Um, I'm, open, I'm open to other comments on five and six. I think I'm dead right on one through four. And then from there, having now laid out the cast of characters in this sordid play, Jack Smith then goes in a speaking indictment to talk about, well, what was the, uh, the, the multiple conspiracies of which he says there are four conspiracies, all led by one Donald Trump to attack the function of the federal government in the counting and proper certification of a presidential election. Particularly, particularly, he led off right where we think he should have with attacking any argument by Donald Trump that he lacked criminal intent or mens rea. Look, Jack Smith's no dummy. He knows that Donald Trump has been floating the, I just relied on attorneys. He started it with Michael Cohen, our colleague here, uh, about what happened with Stormy Daniels, relied on Michael Cohen. And you see Stephen Chung and all the rest have been trying to float in the last couple of days. Many, many attorneys Donald Trump relied on, many, many attorneys, because he's going to try for this sort of, sort of narrow defense of, I relied on attorneys and hope that a judge or jury buys it. Of course, indicting the future attorneys kind of plays into their hand. But the mens rea attack, I thought, was brilliant in the indictment, particularly um, Jack Smith said that the president, former President Trump, was notified repeatedly that the lie was a lie, that he lost the election. And then they list in the indictment all the people that told Donald Trump and any reasonable person that he lost the election. It's, he, it says it starts with the vice president. Pence told him. Senior leadership of the Department of Justice told him. That would have been Bill Barr, Jeff Rosen, Richard Donahue. His, his national intelligence director told him. His cybersecurity head, Chris Krebs, told him. Um, uh, his senior elected officials in other states told him. Members of the state legislature on the GOP told him, federal and state judges told him, and his own in-house counsel, general counsel or White House counsel, that would have been Pat Cipollone and Eric Hirschman, told him. And therefore, you cannot continue to maintain um, the, the fallacy that I didn't know, nobody told me, 
when you have a list like that of so many people. And then lastly, from my initial comments, as this printer is still printing the indictment, is uh, Jack Smith was also smart to anticipate arguments by Donald Trump. He said, it is okay at the top of the indictment. It is okay to use lawful means to object if you're the loser of an election. It's okay to say with proper First Amendment rights to go use the legal system properly, to object, to use an audit process properly, to do all the things you're allowed to do under our system of election law. It is not okay to enter into a, a criminal conspiracy to misuse all of those things, to weaponize the Department of Justice, to create fake electors, to deny everything that's happening before your very eyes, despite the weight of the evidence by people in senior leadership around you. That is not okay. Let's take a look at the room where special counsel Jack Smith is expected to be giving a press conference shortly. Salty, if we can pull that up when you have a moment and see the crowd starting to come into that room. Look, I assume that we'll know this is ready to go when everybody takes their chairs. There's still some empty chairs. That's going to be a packed house. I could kind of guarantee you of that. Uh, Popak, I agree with your list right there. I like this four boxes of the crew right here. Um, I agree with who you have as even one through six, including like Chesbro as five and six as Navarro. But we will, um, I'd love to hear from the uh, Midas Mighty, the Legal AFers, and the Brigaders in the YouTube chat below if they believe that those co-conspirators, for now, unindicted co-conspirators who may be receiving or have already received target letters, who those individuals are. Karen Freeman, Agnifilo, as we go back to you, and then we'll hear from Cohen, any additional reflections that you have on this historic news that Donald Trump has been indicted this time in Washington, D.C. for his conduct regarding the 2020 election and the January 6th insurrection. I think, look, we got to see now who the judge is going to be, right? And uh, how, how that will, you know, this is going to be an indictment in Washington. This is an indictment in Washington, D.C., so it's going to be a judge in D.C. And let's see, you know, whether we can get this. And Karen, I want to interrupt you right there. I hate to interrupt you, but I want to say we do know who the judge is right now. Judge Chutkin, we believe to be presiding over this case in D.C., a Barack Obama appointee federal oh, judge. there's a God in heaven. Federal Judge Chutkin. So pretty much the exact opposite of Judge Eileen Cannon. We see the initials on the filing, and that's how we're able to surmise. That's what everyone is reporting. That's who I believe it to be. Sorry to interrupt you, Karen, but I did no, want to it's mention great. Judge Chutkin. <laughs> No, that's fantastic. So, look, I think we're. I think Jack Smith is going to focus on the clear. What's very clear about this is this is the case he's going to try to get to trial before the election, and he will. He needed to get this out there before Fonnie Willis brings her case, and that's going to be in the coming weeks, right? Hers, I think, is going to be the sweeping indictment with a thousand counts and a million defendants and, you know, big sweeping RICO conspiracy, which is the other way this can be done. And, and that is an important case to bring, too. Uh, and, and hopefully what will happen is she'll get a, a trial there and a conviction. It will not happen before the election because it'll be so big and, and Jack Smith's going to want to go first. But don't forget, hers will be pardon proof because it's in the state, right? And, and the... Uh, um, if, if Donald Trump wins or anybody wins, right, they can't 
pardon him or uh, or stop that investigation. So I think it's I think um, this is the case that that Jack Smith is going to push to trial. You know, look, he superseded Mar-a-Lago when he saw that Eileen Cannon wasn't going to have that one go in December, uh, which is what Jack Smith asked for, and she put it over until May 2024. And so, look, that that case probably won't go before the election because, and that's why he superseded and added more counts and another defendant. It's like, okay, that's we're just not going to get that one done. But he made this one streamlined, short, sweet, just a few charges. He, he put all the issues in there that that um, addressing what the potential defenses are going to be to defuse them. And hopefully Judge Chutkin will, will push this case to, to trial. One more thing. This case does not have classified documents like the Mar-a-Lago case. So there's no top secret clearance that they need. They don't have to have a secured, uh, you know, the skiff where you can, where you look at those documents. They don't have to, you know, have a SEPA, the Classified Information Procedures Act, hearing, you know, those are all things that delay a case, right? It's very complicated. This is a simple case, streamlined case. And so this case will go to trial before the election. Uh, and that's what Jack Smith's goal was. The only other case that might go to trial before the election, I think, is your case, Michael Cohen, with uh, Alvin Bragg. We're going to bring so you I the think- press conference of special. This is the press conference of special counsel Jack Smith when that goes live uh, in a few moments. Want to show you right now some of the responses by MAGA Republicans. Uh, this is Marjorie Taylor Greene responding to the news, and then Michael Cohen. I want to get your reaction to what Marjorie Taylor Greene has to say. Play the clip. Going to be soon indicting. President Trump in Washington, D.C., and it's it's going to be something like we've never seen before. Um, I think it's going to truly put not only President Trump and his his family, um, all of his staff, uh, put them to a test they've never been tested on, but it's also going to test our nation. And I, it's something that I've prayed about a lot, and I'm, I, it's just sad to me. Um, Jack Smith, he's a terrible attorney. He, he has a lot of failures in his career, but he is abusing his power, the power of the special counsel and the Department of Justice. And he. Cohen, I want to get your response in just a moment. I want to remind everybody that we've just launched MidasTouch.com. If you want to follow along with the full indictment, if you want to follow along and read it for yourself. We just launched MidasTouch.com. It has breaking news stories. It's going to be one of the top destinations in the world. I think the top for pro-democracy news, but it's a way when we talk about documents, you can follow along with what we are saying. So go to MidasTouch.com. We just posted the story. We posted the full indictment. Read along with us while we talk about it. Now your reaction, Michael Cohen. So, One of the things that I often say is that the only way to shut somebody like Marjorie Toilet Green up is not to give her the oxygen that she so desperately craves. Why are we even putting her on? There's nothing that she says that is truthful. So why are we helping to promote the lies? Now, of course, we do need to understand that this is happening on the other side. But when Marjorie Taylor Greene turns around and starts talking about Jack Smith is a terrible lawyer, really? Really? Why don't you tell me one lawyer that Donald has right now in his crew that holds a candle to Jack Smith? She's only angry at him 
because Donald is angry at him because they're holding Donald accountable for his own actions. She, listen, if he would have turned around and said that there is no indictment, we didn't find enough evidence in order to, you know, to bring forth the case, she would be praising him as the smartest attorney that ever existed. So there is no truth. And what we need to do is we need to stop giving these lying pieces of shit. We need to stop giving them oxygen to promote their lies. Let them do it on Newsmax, on OAN, or even Fox right now is not putting up with the lies that they they curb them every single time that they start. So, you know, we are making a dent in stopping it. But she is one of the most despicable, despicable members of Congress that exists. And it's, again, why I keep saying to our brigaders. Hey there, welcome back. Okay. For listening to the most viewed, or, yeah, most live streams um, show on the planet this afternoon. 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Old Diaper Don was indicted for January 6th. Nah. That, you know, the repeating the bullshit that he's spewing. And the more that you do, the more that he's going to allow you to continue to do it. But look at even where you're doing it at. No serious news station or outlet wants to have you on. Mm-hmm. You make about Elena Baba. Baba Laba. Hey, congratulations! It's the same people again and again and again that are watching you. And to be honest with you, that number is diminishing as well. But again, you know, one of the things, Ben, that you brought up is your new, um, you know, your new site at what is MidasTouch.com, and I implore all the brigaders to immediately go onto that site log in and so on. I'm going to tell you why. Because something that I brought up to Ben two days ago when we're beginning to work on it. We're not sure if it's going to be New York, Chicago, California, D.C., but we're going to make our rounds as to where the very first meet is um, for all the brigaders, political beatdown rally. Uh, personally, I'd like to see it in D.C., right? And I'd like to see it somehow in White, you know, the White House so that everybody knows how, how strong we are and how, you know, how, we, how secure we are in our position that we are going to go there and we're going to make our presence known, not just to the Republicans, but to the Democrats as well. And we will be out there in force, not just, let's say, September or so when we end up pulling this thing off, but come 2024, when it comes time to get to the voting booth, we know that our brigaders will be there. We know that we will be a part of this gigantic blue tsunami that is just going to drown the GOP, that fake red wave that everybody is expecting. Eight million millennials will be able to vote next year. So big that we're going to end up putting this bullshit, this autocracy election. just we're going to wipe it right out of our body. Whatever they want. Yep, the new Midas Touch Network website is MidasTouch.com. And Cohen, as we were talking about posting this, 
big live event in Washington, D.C. What's so interesting is there have been so many brigaders and members of the Midas Mighty who have reached out and they've been like, hey, let me help plan an event. We all want to do an event. So I know the demand is there. I also know the demand but is you know, there. But see, ben, because, ben, because, you know, I don't know how big of a venue that we're going to uh, end up having. Obviously, I would prefer, if, and this is again something that I wanted to bring to your attention, I would prefer that our brigaders have first shot, right, at um, joining us uh, as we do this rally. So, you know, the place that we're going to uh, have to sign up. And please, if you do sign up, because you will be taking a spot away from someone else, please make sure that you're there. And if not, obviously, you'll let us know through the same website. But that's going to be the site in order to get your bracelet or your number. Uh, because, we, again, we don't know how many um, the place will seat and hold uh, for the very first event. Well, the demand is there for the event, but I think there's even a significantly greater demand for accountability of Donald Trump. We are learning that Special Counsel Jack Smith may be giving a press conference at any moment. Now, we will bring you that press conference live here on Political Beatdown, the moment that is taking place. See right here, C-SPAN is just recycling through old interviews right now because... Uh, the room where the press conference is going to be held is still being set up. We believe this means Donald Trump is going to be indicted again by special counsel Jack Smith in the other case relating to Donald Trump's 2020 conduct relating to the election. Uh, we want to just do a quick sound test to make sure that we have our audio, not just... Yes, keep playing it salty. Let's make sure we have audio so that we're ready to go. Perfect. Audio is there, sound check. My dogs were barking, they're ready to go, Michael Cohen. Let's pull up this post from Donald Trump right now. Donald Trump said at five he was going to be uh, indicted and an announcement was going to be made. I had the countdown on for five Eastern. This is what Trump posted moments ago. I hear that deranged Jack Smith in order to interfere with the presidential election of 2024 will be putting out yet another fake indictment of your favorite president, me, 5 p.m. Why didn't they do this 2.5 years ago? Why did they wait so long? Because they wanted to put it right in the middle of my campaign, prosecutorial misconduct, just kind of whining, whining, whining. I want to show you this other clip of Alina Habba just to show you how pathetic it is. This as we wait for special counsel Jack Smith's announcement. Um, and here you have Alina Hoppe saying that Donald Trump would never like what he's being accused of. He is the most ethical person that I know. Meanwhile, she's getting paid $1.5 million in the latest uh, disclosure from this past latest book. But they would like the American public to believe in these bogus indictments that there are some facts that say that President Trump was obstructing justice. When he has his turn in court and when we get to file our papers, you will see that every single video, every single surveillance tape that was requested was turned over. If President Trump didn't want something turned over, I assure you, that is something that could have been done, but he never would act like that. Okay, He's the most ethical American I know. Let's talk about the indictment. Should be noted, though, that Yusul Tavares, the head of IT, Donald Trump's own employee, is the one who provided all of this information to Special Counsel Jack Smith and said that Carlos de Oliveira and Walt Nauta said the boss, Donald Trump, wants the surveillance footage deleted. So let me go in and let me just break this down a little bit for the brigaders so that they fully understand 
that there's more to this than just what meets the eye, what view of Michael Cohen, let me interrupt you. Oh, right yes. I'm seeing the same thing. Here's what we are learning right now. This is being reported by Ann Bauer from Lawfare. I'm just going to report it as we learn about it. An indictment was just handed up before the magistrate judge by Assistant United States Attorney Molly Gaston, the grand jury foreperson connected to the January 6th grand jury, was in court when it was handed up. The indictment will be filed and sealed. We believe this is the indictment that Special Counsel Jack Smith has just filed, that a grand jury has just voted on. The indictment, we believe, has just been secured just moments ago. The four-person handing it to the judge, this would be another indictment of Donald Trump for engaging in criminal conduct regarding the 2020 election of the January 6th insurrection. Also, potential criminal conduct regarding his political action organizations as well. As soon as this indictment is unsealed, we will bring back to you. But I got chills talking about that, Michael Cohen, sharing this historic with the brigaders. And we're going to bring in some legal analysts. Why isn't it in jail yet? Keep the coverage going. Like anybody else would be. An immediate reaction from than you, Michael Cohen, who has endured years and years of this. What is your immediate reaction to hearing this live on Flip? No house arrest. Christopher Perez, shot for prison. Stop this shit. It is damaging our country. It is making neighbor 
feud with neighbor. It's making state feud with state. Yeah, We're allowing the entire country to, you know, you to run amok war. simply so that they can follow into the nonsensical statements of Donald Trump, the Alina Habas, and all of these sycophantic lawyers, right, who think that they're doing good right but they're not what they're doing is they're just regurgitating donald's bullshit so that they keep the money flowing look one of the things that's crazy is right after trump made the again announcement that he was going to be indicted that he got the target letter what goes out 50 different text messages to everybody whether it's from his kids whether it's from staff whether it's from him dear patriot dear american you know dear maga all of a sudden, you know, he's again grifting for the money. And he's not grifting for the money in order to defend them. It's, it's where he lies and he just lies to them and says, oh, I'm doing this for you. I'm putting my big ass body in front of the Democrats to protect you. That's not true. All right. In fact, you know, he's only looking out to protect one person and one person only and that is himself and you you fools are out there doing what you are paying for his defense of himself so it's time that we smarten up as a country and again it's why how many times in every single one of these uh episodes on political beatdown i say to our brigaders it is essential that we ensure that we are fully registered to vote come 2024 that I cannot wait for us to have this rally together, for all of us to have one unified voice against autocracy in favor of democracy. Let's try to take not just the House and the Senate and the White House, again, fully democratic so that we can actually get things done that benefit all Americans, not just Democrats, all Americans. Want to give the brigaders all the breaking news as we learn about it. We will be learning about it together. Here is what we are learning. First, this comes from Josh Gerstein. Breaking a grand jury just returned an indictment against a defendant who was not identified publicly even by initials or grand jury number was put under seal. A prosecutor who handles the January 6th matter criminally investigating Donald Trump before that grand jury, Molly Gaston submitted what is believed to be a Trump indictment. Here is an update. Molly Gaston, this is from Kyle Cheney at Politico. Molly Gaston, a prosecutor detailed to the special counsel, handed up a single sealed indictment and received permission to issue a summons. That just happened moments ago. No names or initials provided. Kyle Cheney also reports. Court is now closed. We may have to wait for Trump to get the summons and hop on his social media platform to learn what happened. This from Jim Acosta at CNN. The federal grand jury hearing evidence in special counsel Jack Smith's investigation into efforts to overturn the 2020 election handed up an indictment in the federal courthouse in Washington, D.C. And here's the post that Donald Trump made moments ago. Let's pull this up, Salty, what Donald Trump said when we have it. But Donald Trump said that he is expecting to be indicted at 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, that is what is coming from 
uh, Donald Trump's social media platform. So that is all of the information we have. If there is a press conference, there it is right there by Salty pulling it up. I hear Jack Smith is going to indict me at 5 p.m. I'm just going to take away all the other you know, stupid and idiotic stuff that he writes on that social media post. Want to remind everybody as well about the new Midas Touch website, MidasTouch.com. We're going to be announcing in the coming week some of the top editors, some of the top reporters who are going to be working for MidasTouch.com. And that's all made possible thanks to you, the Brigaders, thanks to the Midas Mighty. Everybody who's contributed memberships to the Midas Touch Network has allowed us to expand and MidasTouch.com for all breaking news. It's going to complement what we're doing here on YouTube. Michael Cohen, as we're learning more, and again, we'll break to a press conference the moment we hear about it, the moment we learn more. But from all indications, the indictment has been handed down against Donald Trump for trying to overthrow the 2020 election This is a day of accountability, but to your point, Cohen, as well, it is also very, very, very distressing that this even exists and that the Republican Party has done this. Sure, but Ben, one of the bigger problems that's here is this is only one part of the corrupt behavior that occurred during the Trump administration. You know, I talk about my book, Revenge, and I ask everyone to please go to Amazon, buy the book. Why? I want you to understand what revenge is all about. Revenge is Donald Trump weaponizing. And let me say this again, because it's a word that Donald Trump throws out every single day, multiple times a day in posts on television and wherever else any of his acolytes or himself you know are in a position to spew it my book revenge how donald trump weaponized the united states department of justice against his critics do i have to go any further than go back to the term that we talked about you know 45 minutes or so ago deflection donald trump knew exactly what he was doing when he was when it was his administration and he believes that he's going to be able to deflect away from his culpability so that you know it's now on the biden administration despite the fact that the biden administration is not weaponized jack smith doesn't work for joe biden you know who worked for donald trump bill barr and if you see the most corrupt prosecution against a United States citizen in the history of our country. And why I tell people it is so imperative that you read this book. It is imperative because I don't want to see it happen to another American. This never should have happened to any American. In fact, and I say this often, they made me the very first political prisoner held by my own country because I refused to waive my First Amendment constitutional right. What country are we living? This isn't North Korea. This isn't Saudi Arabia. This isn't Russia, like where they jailed Navalny because he's a critic of of President Putin. This is the United States of America. You have your God-given constitutional rights. Well, not under a Trump administration. And Donald Trump, as I have said over and over and over again, and these indictments are proving it. Donald Trump is the single greatest threat to America's democracy that has ever existed. And we cannot, not for a split second, let our guard down because 
this cockroach will end up infesting our entire country with the ideology of fascism and autocracy. And we just can't allow it to happen. As we, we wait, as we wait for more information about what we believe to have been the new indictment that was just brought against Donald Trump, I will point out that there was another indictment handed down in Michigan where the former MAGA attorney general candidate Matt DiPerno and the ex-state MAGA representative Dare Rendon are now facing criminal charges for their alleged roles in an effort to access Michigan voting machines after the 2020 presidential election. This is being reported by the Detroit News Support Local News. A special prosecutor confirmed in a statement earlier that the continued criminal investigation into the tampering of vote tabulators is ongoing and not over. Quote, the charging decision was the result of a thorough decision-making process by an independent citizen's grand jury. It should not shock you, Michael Cohen, that this was the MAGA Republican candidate. Matt DiPerno was being pushed by Donald Trump, by all of the kind of MAGA leadership, and he was going to then attack all of the people in the pro-democracy community. And so it is a good day for justice there in Michigan. Now all eyes turn to Washington, D.C., as the political beatdown live broadcast right now is one of the top news broadcasts in all of America. That is not special counsel jack smith on the screen for those confused that is what c-span <laughs> that is what c-span is playing right now but as soon as the press conference occurs we will take you live salty you want to do one more sound check right there just to make sure that everything sounds perfect beautiful salty everybody throw those salty emojis also i got a ben emoji yesterday thanks to the midas mighty hitting 400 memberships by hitting that dollar sign on the youtube page thank you everybody for unlocking the ben emoji it was funny i certainly appreciate it as well so that's big news coming out from michigan you mentioned before we went to break and as we wait for uh this indictment you mentioned the cult followers who showed up at this trump event and this is what it means to be a modern day republican that is so shocking to say michael cohen these are the people that donald trump is grifting off of to pay his legal bills one dollar five dollars ten dollars but <laughs> this is salty you got to prepare <laughs> oh man but these are <laughs> <laughs> These are the people that that was genius. But here, I want to show, I want to show you this one. I want to show you this one, Cohen. This is a woman who was at the Trump rally saying that hey, she's proud to be in a she's she's proud to be in a cult. Here, play this, play this, play this. I am a huge Trump supporter, and I was just told yesterday that I was part of a cult, and I'm damn proud of it. I am. Not only does he part of us, he's part of us. He truly is. And the things that they're, they're, the liberals are putting his family through is horrendous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. He's part of you, right? Why don't you invite Donald over for a beer to sit at your, you know, to sit outside of your, of your double wide? I mean, so stupid does she not understand that donald wouldn't cross the street to piss on her if she was on fire i mean 
they they create this image of him like these fake nfts of donald as a superhero as a cowboy you know as a you know as a special secret agent or something like that i mean that's not who he is and the funny thing is none of them know him zero all they hear is when he gets up there or when he sends them a text message i'm protecting you really what they're putting donald and his family through what do you think donald has put me and my family through what do you think he's going to put you and your family through if god forbid a million times that he somehow manages to recapture the white house there is a list of thousands i don't even know how many thousands of people on his hit list on his enemies list and he will spend four years if not more trying to figure out two things the first is how to remain president for the rest of his natural life and how to get back at each and every person seriously times 10 that's on that list that's what this country is going to end up becoming Michael Cohen, we're going to be joined shortly by Karen Friedman Agnifilo, a co-host of Legal AF. She used to be the number two in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, so she's going to come with incredible insight. We also have Michael Popak, who's going to be joining us soon. This just in, former President Donald Trump has been informed, he has been indicted, by a federal grand jury regarding the special counsel's probe into Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Sources with direct knowledge tell ABC News. Let me repeat that one more time. Former President Trump has been informed just moments ago that he has been indicted by a federal grand jury regarding the special counsel's probe into Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election. As we shift to the second hour of this historic broadcast, and we said when we went live, we get good information here. We said it could be happening in minutes when no one else was saying that it was going to be happening in minutes. We have our very, very reliable sources. We will be joined in the second hour by top legal analysts, Michael Popak, Karen Friedman, Agnifilo, and others. But as we hit this second hour of our broadcast, people want to hear from you, Michael Cohen, about this historic news. Donald Trump has been informed. He has been indicted again, this time in Washington, D.C., for his efforts to overthrow our democracy. Cohen. Which, by the way, is going to create for a very interesting September 6th um, (laughs) deposition where Donald will be under oath. Of course, it'll be videotaped and transcribed. It's going to make for a very, not just interesting, but a potentially very dangerous deposition for Donald. And, you know, again, thanks to all of you who have donated and helped to bring us to where we're at. Um, I can assure you, you know, the lawyers, Danya Perry and Benjamin Brodsky, are fighting, you know, in order to prevent it from being um, sealed. You know, we believe in transparency. We want transparency. We want the public to be able to see Donald, you know, as he responds to the various questions that are going to be asked, you know, and to basically expose him for the fraudster that he is, the user of our legal system in order to intimidate and retaliate against, again, critics, 
people that he doesn't like, like me. Now, you know, it's it's crazy. I want to just go back for two seconds and talk about the um, server that was in that alleged small audio room. One of the things that has not been discussed, and you're going to hear it from me first, is that this server is the local server for Mar-a-Lago. Each and every one of the Trump properties has its own you know, server on site. And those servers, of course, uh, is the hub where all of the video um, that comes in gets fed through. But all of that then goes to a program, a mainframe, which is also then simultaneously sent to Trump Tower, where it sits for, you know, until they end up deleting it there as well. So just by deleting it at the audio room level, would not have gotten rid of the tape. So there is more here than meets the eye. And that, uh, again, you know, that's um, basically controlled by the COO. And, of and, and Michael Cohen, I want to interrupt right here as more breaking news becomes available. We have the docket right now. Let's pull up the docket in the new case, United States versus Trump. You can see right here that uh, the case has been unsealed as to Donald Trump. You see the indictment, then there's a motion to seal the case that was filed. And here it is, folks. This looks to be the cover page of the new indictment filed in the United States District Court for the District of Columbia, United States of America versus Donald Trump, 18 U.S.C. Section 371, conspiracy to defraud the United States. Count to 18 U.S.C. Section 1512K, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Count three, 18 U.S.C. Section 1512C2, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding. Count four, 18 U.S.C. Section 241, conspiracy against rights. This is coming out from Reuters legal right here and again as we learn more as we see more we will make sure that we are posting that right here want to mention to everyone as well who's joining us that cohen has a legal defense fund that uh, we all help put together um, in connection with the frivolous lawsuit filed against him by donald trump in the southern district of florida where trump is seeking 500 million dollars unlike donald trump and how donald trump does things all of the funds here go to Cohen's legal defense in the Southern District of Florida. And big news that Michael Cohen broke earlier in this broadcast, that he is seeking Donald Trump's deposition. He is getting Donald Trump's deposition on September 6th in Florida. That's certainly going to be very uh, interesting as well. And we're hearing now from multiple reports, again, more confirmation that Trump was just indicted. We will be bringing this information to you as we learn more uh, here on the Midas Touch Network. We will soon be joined by legal analysts, uh, Karen Friedman Agnifilo and Michael Popak. We're actually joined right now by Karen Friedman Agnifilo. Karen Friedman Agnifilo, co-host of Legal AF. Thanks for joining the political beatdown crossover <laughs> episode that's now become the breaking news. Karen Friedman Agnifilo, I want to get your thoughts on this breaking news. No one better to hear from than you and Cohen as well for, for different reasons, but very important reasons. Karen Friedman Agnifilo. Hi. So, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen the indictment yet, but, you know, it was always a question about whether this is going to be a sweeping hundred count indictment 
with multiple, multiple defendants, because after all, there are so many people who were colluding with Donald Trump regarding trying to steal the election. And so we were wondering, is this going to be a big, huge indictment like that? Or is this going to be a more limited, discreet indictment? I've always predicted it's going to be a limited, discreet indictment, just charging Donald Trump, maybe one or two others, you know, kind of along the lines of Walt Nada and um, Carlos de Oliveira. But I think that this is going to be a very limited, small indictment just against him and just a few charges because Jack Smith wants to get this case to trial uh, before the election. And that's the best chance he has at doing that, at keeping it limited and short and small. You don't need a thousand charges, right? That's just more, more charges that you have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt to a jury. You just need the ones that you can can prove limited, clear, streamlined, and there's less motions to make, less defense attorneys who can ask for time and ask for delay. Keep it short, keep it you know small, keep it streamlined, but tell your story. I anticipate this will be a speaking indictment that will have uh, a lot of information in there the way Jack Smith did with Mar-a-Lago, right? He explained what the charges were, what the evidence was, and how it, uh, how it, what kind of information he had really told a story. You don't have to be a lawyer to read the Mar-a-Lago indictment, right? You can understand it just from the way he wrote it. And I anticipate that this indictment is going to be very similar. Uh, the news reporting has been that there are four counts on the indictment, which, you know, is, is along the lines of what, uh, what I was just saying, that they're going to we have the indictment right here, Karen, as well. So there you, you go. So to, four you counts. Even have okay. Any, you know why? Why don't oh we? Oh my go God! Over and it's it? one defendant. And it's one defendant. It's exactly what I just said. Oh my God. Okay. Jack Smith. See, you know, Jack and Smith and I used to work together. We were trained together. We were trained in the exact same place by the exact same person. So that's you know he. I would have done exactly what he did. One defendant. A few charges. That's exactly what he did. So great. 18 United States Code Section 371 is conspiracy to defraud the United States. That's two or more people who conspire to defraud the United States uh, by um, impairing, obstructing uh, or some other way defeating a governmental function with deceptive practices. You need an overt act. I think that's going to be with respect to the Pence vote, you know, to stop. Pence from certifying the election. I think that could be that. Uh, and it also could be the fake slates of electors. I think that could, those two um, could very nicely, those two fact patterns could fit very nicely into section 371. You know, the standard there is that he knowingly and willfully uh, knew that it was false, uh, that he defrauded the United States. He knew he lost the election. And they're going to say, look, you know, there's more than 60 legal challenges that said that. Bill Barr said that, you know, and uh, it will require an overt act, which means just an act. It doesn't have to be an illegal act in and of itself to uh, to um, to uh, have done, been done by the co-conspirator, you know, with the co-conspirator. So it has to be him and another person. So you'll see co-conspirator number one, co-conspirator number two, co-conspirator number three, or unindicted co-conspirator is what it will say. Oh, the defendant's co-conspirators. There you go. We actually do have the indictment. Yeah, there you go. Co-conspirator one. Co see, I haven't even seen the indictment, and I'm telling you what it says because that's exactly what it would do. So these are going to be the facts that they're going to talk about regarding this charge. Uh, 
the other charge that um, he's charged with is 18 United States Code 1512 uh, and two separate subsections. Um, that is a scheme to obstruct, uh, I say, the counting of the presidential uh, electors on January 6th. Again, the pressure campaign against uh, against Pence. And this one requires that you corruptly obstruct or impede or attempt uh, to obstruct an official proceeding, the, the official proceeding being the counting of the votes and certifying the election on January 6th. You have to act corruptly to be guilty of this crime. And clearly, uh, the, the Trump here, um, you, they're going to prove that he was self-interested, right? He didn't have the best interest of the American people when he tried to steal the election. So I think that's going to be how they prove that he acted uh, corruptly. And then the final charge is 18 United States Code Section 241, uh, Conspiracy Against Rights. This is a, um, uh, a Civil War era uh, statute that was enacted when KKK used to try to um, not allow, you know, to take away people's votes and, and disenfranchise black people who had just gotten and earned the right to vote. And that's a charge here. Basically, it's unlawful for two or more people. It's a conspiracy also to threaten or intimidate a person in their free exercise or enjoyment of their rights. Uh, somebody acting under the color of law, what does that mean? So like a police officer or a government official, they're acting as if they're allowed to commit this, you know, to do the act, and uh, which is what Trump was doing as president, right? And so he... Um, he was, you know, interfering with the electors, putting in the fake slates of electors, et cetera. Um, what I find, um, and so, you know, take away people's right to vote, and that's what that charge is. What I find surprising in this, um, although it was expected because it wasn't in the target letter, what I find surprising here is that uh, Jack Smith stayed away from seditious conspiracy. Now, there was going to be a question of Will he charge either the Insurrection Act, which is 18 United States Code 2383, or Seditious Conspiracy, which is 18 United States Code 2384? Now, if you recall, the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys and Stuart Rhodes, et cetera, the guys who violently tried to overthrow the government, those guys were charged with, um, with Seditious Conspiracy, and that's they were convicted, and that's been upheld so far. The Insurrection Act has not been charged, uh, you know, I think ever or um, in a really, really long time, like, you know, since I think it was um, since the Civil War, it, it was it was the last time it was used. So many people didn't think that uh, Jack Smith would charge it here for the first time. But seditious conspiracy is something that they, the Justice Department has has charged um, has charged these other individuals who breached the Capitol and violently, you know, did what they did on January 6th. And look, there's a lot of evidence, and, and we saw it during the select committee's uh, hearings, there's a lot of evidence to show that Donald Trump, you know, basically could also be charged with that. So I was hoping he would be. He was, you know, he's just as responsible, if not more, than them since they were doing it at his behest. But Jack Smith chose not to go there. So, look, I'm talking about all of this. I haven't read the indictment. I'm just telling you what I think it would be. Um, ben, hopefully you'll send yep. it to me so I can read it. Oh, <laughs> and you, if there's any we more. send it to you. We're going to post it on, we go through <laughs> point by point so people can see it. But for those joining 
a historic event just taking place. Donald Trump indicted again in Washington, D.C. for his criminal conduct relating to the 2020 election. Michael Cohen, I'm going to get your reaction right now. Sure. So the very first thing that I saw is on Fox News on their digital. They then turned around and um, Karen, I wanted to sort of put this in your lap. They make a statement that President Trump has always followed the law and the Constitution with advice from many highly accomplished attorneys. These un-American witch hunts will fail and President Trump will be reelected to the White House so he can save our country from the abuse, incompetence and corruption that is running through the veins of our country at levels never seen before. The question, Karen, that I really have for you on this one, of course, knowing Donald as well as I do, He's already deflecting his responsibility or his accountability for the charges that you just enumerated in this indictment. He looks to me like he's going to try to shift the responsibility and the blame onto his highly competent, well-respected, overpaid by the fund, right, by the super PAC, uh, by the lawyers, how does that work in his favor? Yeah, so so there's a defense called the advice of counsel defense, right? So, and we've had that in some, in prosecutions before where somebody commits a crime, but they say, look, you know, like a tax crime, for example, he says, look, I didn't mean to commit this crime. I went to a tax lawyer, the tax lawyer said I could do this. And, you know, if the tax lawyer in good faith thought that was the interpretation of the, if they thought that was the statute and gave that advice, that is okay, right? And so you won't be guilty because you didn't intend to commit the crime. You were acting on the advice of counsel. That is some what some people use, you know, as a shield, but you also, you know, and, and it works sometimes, but he's trying to use it, you know, as a sword, not just a shield, right? He's trying to say that, look, you know, uh, you know, I, he, he was given advice by multiple, multiple lawyers, including his attorney general, who conducted investigations into the voter fraud, including the 60 plus legal cases that he um, that he tried to bring but didn't rule in his favor. He was told by many lawyers in the Justice Department, uh, in the White House Counsel's Office, who said, you cannot do this. You cannot steal the election. You cannot put forth fake slates of electors. He didn't like that answer. So he kept looking for other lawyers who would uh, would basically go and say what he wanted to say. So they weren't giving him advice. He was looking for lawyers who would go along with what he said. Now he's going to say, well, John Eastman is the one who came up with this scheme and he's the one who gave me the advice. But a, a, a federal judge in California has already ruled that that the advice that John Eastman gave uh, regarding this whole scheme was actually a crime and it wasn't legitimate attorney client advice. And therefore, the thing called the crime fraud exception, which pierces the attorney client privilege. And that is uh, and that is not going to fly if that's his defense. But that clearly what they're setting up here is that was going to be his defense. But he's going to say, I, my you know, I also think, by the way, that the other than, uh, say, Eastman, uh, we're also looking at Rudy Colludi, Drunken Giuliani, yep. who I think will ultimately be one of several fall guys uh, in this specific journey. Uh, and 
as many times as I've tried to warn them <laughs> about, you know, how Donald is going to handle, you know, the indictment that would emanate from Jack Smith's investigation uh, of this, it's always somebody else. And, you know, who knows whether or not Rudy has already spoken, whether or not he's provided any pertinent information to Jack Smith, which could be the basis of this indictment. Yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. It's all these lawyers he's going to try to hide behind, and he's going to attempt to invoke this advice of counsel defense, and that's what he's setting up. I'm sure he'll come up with other defenses that he's going to try uh, to utilize here. But, you know, look, as I said, you can't seek out a lawyer who is willing to commit a crime with you and do something that is clearly not in keeping with any interpretation of the law, you know, it, it, you can't hide behind that. You can't basically, you and your lawyer get together and say, well, I'm a lawyer, so let's go rob a bank together. And I told you that it was okay. So, you know, you'll be okay with that, right? It's, you, that that's not okay. There has to be some good faith basis. Look, half his lawyers have been disbarred anyway, because they give such terrible advice. And, you know, he, like I said, he's gotten advice from so many lawyers about what the law actually is, but he didn't like it. And so he looked and sought out these lawyers. And I agree with you, Giuliani is definitely one of them. You know, he, he said in, in a kind of an odd video that he was taping, uh, that he's not cooperating, and he told the truth, and there's no crime, etc. But I wonder whether he is cooperating, uh, but he's just saying that he's not along the, you know, there, there's there's this weird playbook um, in Trump world that maybe, uh, Michael, you can help explain, where they will just say things that they want to be true that are 100% false, and Rudy seems to be along those same lines. And I think a stark example of that is, you know, there are multiple people who are at a meeting that I'm sure is going to be in this um Part of this indictment between Donald Trump and Mike Pence, where Mike, where Donald Trump asked Mike Pence, "Will you, you know, not certify the election?" And uh, Mike Pence says, "No, I'm not going to do that. I don't have the power to do it." And what does Donald Trump do? He goes out and tweets, "Mike Pence is on board. Mike Pence is going to do this." And I look at that and I'm like, "It's just an outright lie. Like it's not even like a philosophical difference. It's not like." I believe in, you know, lower taxes. I believe in higher taxes, right? This is a, an outright lie. And they just say remember? things that are outright lies. And that's what, yeah. so anyway, I, I don't know if Rudy Giuliani saying I'm not cooperating. I don't know if that's true or not. So do you remember during his administration when they were having the lie counter and after like 35,000 lies that Donald had told to the American people that they decided that they were going to just stop with it because it was so absurd. It was like six lies per day. So the fact that he is now lying about Mike Pence being on board or any of the other things, to me, it's not shocking. What Donald does is you know, it's very Stalinistic, um, whereby if, there, if there's something that you want people to believe and you know it's a lie, the way that you get them to believe it is you repeat the lie over and over and over again. And then you get your surrogates to go on and to lie and to say the same misinformation, disinformation, malinformation. And you keep doing this over and over and over again until the lie becomes the truth. And Donald Trump has perfected that technique. He's just perfected it. 
he manages to have enough people, whether it's because of his relationship to folks like a Sean Hannity or in the past Tucker Carlson or any of the other hosts of whether it's Fox, Newsmax or whatnot. Right. They would go out. They would regurgitate the lie again and again and again. And then they would get members of Congress to do the same thing. Ultimately, again, the lie becomes the truth. And that's Donald Trump's superpower. I want to say this. We are number one on all of YouTube in the world across all genres, all news networks right now. Thanks to the Brigade. Thanks to the Midas Mighty. I want to bring on to this superstar panel Michael Popak, co-host of Legal AF. We're bringing the whole network together. We got Michael Cohen, Karen Friedman Agnifilo, Michael Popak. The gang is here. Michael Popak, I want to get your <laughs> I want to get your reaction, Michael Popak, to what we are learning right now. Yeah, and you can hear me in the back. I'm sort of printing out the 45-page indictment. Karen Friedman Ignifolo, our colleague, was dead right when she said last week that the most perfect indictment she could envision would be a very simple indictment, one defendant, Donald Trump, and a small set of counts where you can't get any smaller than the four counts or so of this present indictment. And while there is a list of other co-conspirators, six in total, Karen was so right about Jack Smith putting together in an elegant fashion an indictment that is both sweeping in its approach, yet surgical in its attack, um, and doesn't delay justice. He'll add other people. There is no doubt that one or more of the six co-conspirators that's unindicted for now will be indicted before things are over, but not now. That's for a different time and a different place. Let's get a surrender arraignment of Donald Trump. Uh, to keep, I know every, you, you've already started the conversation, so let me contribute on the co-conspirator part. Co-conspirator number one is an attorney, it's Rudy Giuliani. Co-conspirator number two is an attorney, it's John Eastman. Co-conspirator number three is an attorney, it's Sidney Powell. Co-conspirator number four, a Department of Justice official, is Jeffrey Clark. Co-conspirator number five, I want to hear from Ben. I think it may be Ken Cheeseborough. And co-conspirator number six could be a political operative for the fake electors, which I think is Peter Navarro. Um, I'm, open, I'm open to other comments on five and six. I think I'm dead right on one through four. And then from there, having now laid out the cast of characters in this sordid play, Jack Smith then goes in a speaking indictment to talk about, well, what was... The, uh, the, the multiple conspiracies of which he says there are four conspiracies all led by one Donald Trump to attack the function of the federal government in the counting and proper certification of a presidential election. Particularly, particularly he led off right where we think he should have with attacking any argument by Donald Trump that he lacked criminal intent or mens rea. Look, Jack Smith's no dummy. He knows that Donald Trump has been floating the, I just relied on attorneys. He started it with Michael Cohen, our colleague here, uh, about what happened with Stormy Daniels, relied on Michael Cohen. And you see Stephen Chung and all the rest have been trying to float in the last couple of days. Many, many attorneys Donald Trump relied on. Many, many attorneys, because he's going to try for this sort of, sort of narrow defense of, I relied on attorneys and hope that a judge or jury buys it. 
Of course, indicting the future attorneys kind of plays into their hand. But the mens rea attack, I thought, was brilliant in the indictment, particularly um, Jack Smith said that the president, former President Trump, was notified repeatedly that the lie was a lie, that he lost the election. And then they list in the indictment all the people that told Donald Trump and any reasonable person that he lost the election. It's, he, it says it starts with the vice president. Pence told him. Senior leadership of the Department of Justice told him. That would have been Bill Barr, Jeff Rosen, Richard Donahue. His, his national intelligence director told him. His cybersecurity head, Chris Krebs, told him. Um, uh, his senior elected officials in other states told him. Members of the state legislature on the GOP told him, federal and state judges told him, and his own in-house counsel, general counsel or White House counsel, that would have been Pat Cipollone and Eric Hirschman, told him. And therefore, you cannot continue to maintain um, the, the fallacy that I didn't know, nobody told me, when you have a list like that of so many people. And then lastly, for my initial comments, as this printer is still printing the indictment, is uh, Jack Smith was also smart to anticipate arguments by Donald Trump. He said, it is okay, at the top of the indictment, it is okay to use lawful means to object if you're the loser of an election. It's okay to say, with proper First Amendment rights, to go use the legal system properly, to object, to use an audit process properly, to do all the things you're allowed to do under our system of election law. It is not okay to enter into a, a criminal conspiracy to misuse all of those things, to weaponize the Department of Justice, to create fake electors, to deny everything that's happening before your very eyes, despite the weight of the evidence by people in senior leadership around you. That is not okay. Let's take a look at the room where special counsel Jack Smith is expected to be giving a press conference shortly. Salty, if we can pull that up when you have a moment and see the crowd starting to come into that room. Look, I assume that we'll know this is ready to go when everybody takes their chairs. There's still some empty chairs. That's going to be a packed house, I could and I guarantee you of that. Uh, Popak, I agree with your list right there. I like this four boxes of the crew right here. Um, I agree with who you have as even one through six, including like Chesbro as five and though, six as Navarro. But we will, um, I'd love to hear from the uh, Midas Mighty, the legal AFers, and the Brigaders in the YouTube chat below if they believe that those co-conspirators for now, unindicted co-conspirators who may be receiving or have already received target letters, who those individuals are. Karen Freeman, Agnifilo, as we go back to you, and then we'll hear from Cohen, any additional reflections that you have on this historic news that Donald Trump has been indicted this time in Washington, D.C. for his conduct regarding the 2020 election and the January 6th insurrection. I think, look, we got to see now who the judge is going to be, right, and uh, how, how that will, you know, this is going to be an indictment in Washington. This is an indictment in Washington, D.C., so it's going to be a judge in D.C., and let's see, you know, whether we can get this. And Karen, I want to interrupt you right there. I hate to interrupt you, but I want to say we do know who the judge is right now. Judge Chutkin, we believe to be presiding over this case in D.C., a Barack Obama appointee federal oh, there's judge. there's a God in heaven. 
federal judge Chutkin. So pretty much the exact opposite of Judge Eileen Cannon. We see the initials on the filing, and that's how we're able to surmise. That's what everyone is reporting. That's who I believe it to be. Sorry to interrupt you, Karen, but I did no, not mention great. Judge Chutkin. <laughs> No, that's fantastic. So, look, I think we're. I think Jack Smith is going to focus on the clear. What's very clear about this is this is the case he's going to try to get to trial before the election, and he will. He needed to get this out there before Fonnie Willis brings her case, and that's going to be in the coming weeks, right? Hers, I think, is going to be the sweeping indictment with a thousand counts and a million defendants and, you know, a big sweeping RICO conspiracy, which is the other way this can be done. And, and that is an important case to bring, too. Uh, and, and hopefully what will happen is she'll get a, a trial there and a conviction. It will not happen before the election because it'll be so big and, and Jack Smith's going to want to go first. But don't forget, hers will be pardon proof because it's in the state, right? And, and the... the um, if, if Donald Trump wins or anybody wins, right, they can't pardon him or uh, or stop that investigation. So I think it's I think um, this is the case that that Jack Smith is going to push to trial. You know, look, he superseded Mar-a-Lago when he saw that Eileen Cannon wasn't going to have that one go in December, uh, which is what Jack Smith asked for, and she put it over until May 2024. And so, look, that that case probably won't go before the election because, and that's why he superseded and added more counts and another defendant. It's like, okay, that's we're just not going to get that one done. But he made this one streamlined, short, sweet, just a few charges. He, he put all the issues in there that that um, addressing what the potential defenses are going to be to defuse them. And hopefully Judge Chutkin will, will push this case to, to trial. One more thing. This case does not have classified documents like the Mar-a-Lago case. So there's no top secret clearance that they need. They don't have to have a secured, uh, you know, the SCIF where you can, where you look at those documents. They don't have to, you know, have a SEPA, the Classified Information Procedures Act, hearing, you know, those are all things that delay a case, right? It's very complicated. This is a simple case, streamlined case. And so this case will go to trial before the election. Uh, and that's what Jack Smith's goal was. The only other case that might go to trial before the election, I think, is your case, Michael Cohen, with uh, Alvin Bragg. We're going to bring so you I the press conference of special. This is the press conference of special counsel Jack Smith when that goes live uh, in a few moments. Want to show you right now some of the responses by MAGA Republicans. Uh, this is Marjorie Taylor Greene responding to the news, and then Michael Cohen. I want to get your reaction to what Marjorie Taylor Greene has to say. Play the clip. Going to be soon indicting. President Trump in Washington, D.C., and it's it's going to be something like we've never seen before. Um, I think it's going to truly put not only President Trump and his his family, um, all of his staff, uh, put them to a test they've never been tested on, but it's also going to test our nation. And I, it's something that I've prayed about a lot, and I'm, I, it's just sad to me. Um, Jack Smith, he's a terrible attorney. He, he has a lot of failures in his career, but he is abusing his power, the power of the special counsel and the Department of Justice. And he. Cohen, I want to get your response in just a moment. I want to remind everybody that we've just launched MidasTouch.com. If you want to follow along with the full indictment, if you want to 
follow along and read it for yourself. We just launched MidasTouch.com. It has breaking news stories. It's going to be one of the top destinations in the world. I think the top for pro-democracy news. But it's a way when we talk about documents, you can follow along with what we are saying. So go to MidasTouch.com. We just posted the story. We posted the full indictment. Read along with us while we talk about it. Now your reaction, Michael Cohen. So one of the things that I often say is that the only way to shut somebody like Marjorie Toilet Green up is not to give her the oxygen that she so desperately craves. Why are we even putting her on? There's nothing that she says that is truthful. So why are we helping to promote the lies? Now, of course, we do need to understand that this is happening on the other side. But when Marjorie Taylor Greene turns around and starts talking about Jack Smith is a terrible lawyer, really? Really? Why don't you tell me one lawyer that Donald has right now in his crew that holds a candle to Jack Smith? She's only angry at him because Donald is angry at him because they're holding Donald accountable for his own actions. She Listen, if he would have turned around and said that there is no indictment, we didn't find enough evidence in order to, you know, to bring forth the case, she would be praising him as the smartest attorney that ever existed. So there is no truth. And what we need to do is we need to stop giving these lying pieces of shit. We need to stop giving them oxygen to promote their lies. Let them do it on Newsmax, on OAN, or even Fox right now is not putting up with the lies that they they curb them every single time that they start. So, you know, we are making a dent in stopping it, but she is one of the most despicable, despicable members of Congress that exists. And it's again why I keep saying to our brigaders. Hey there, Guten Morgen. Um, if you didn't hear, he finally, old diaper Donald finally got fucking charged yesterday for count for the January 6th insurrection. No insurrection charges, which is an outrage in itself. And I have to agree with old Captain Shardy Pants when uh, he said two and a half years after the fact they're charging so it looks political well yeah they gave you preferential treatment fuckface and they're they're scared of you because <laughs> they're chicken shit too and um so anyway congratulations jack smith you finally fucking Somebody did your job at the Department of Justice. So let's hear uh, some other headlines right now. Midas Touch. Midas Touch, by the way, 43,000 people tuned in for the live indictment. I covered that. It, I just posted it. Um, <clears throat> but uh, there's more. It's two and a half hours long. So I'm going to be listening to that. Here's some headlines Midas Touch this morning. It's 7.40. Mike Pence actually gets the courage to slam Trump after new indictment. Pence attacks Trump. 
Get ready for prison traitors. Trump co-conspirators unmasked and should prepare for the worst. I see Giuliani's um, picture here. <laughs> okay. Complete collapse. Trump. Trumpy makes most arranged post yet after new indictment three hours ago. By the way, the co-conspirators is two hours ago. Jaw-dropping GOP corruption exposed. Where's the media coverage? Alabama GOP caught in most despicable stunt yet. Um, they're the ones that, uh, they're on film. Stealing data. Well, uh, not... You know, stealing it from us, but the Florida GOP chair was let in, and uh, they stole they stole voting data from the um I want to say like polling the like the election official. It was like a Republican, you know, Republicans fucking stealing and cheating their way through that election fucking miracle it didn't work because it's worked many times before I'm sure that Republican parties across the country are fucking stealing data and doing the same fucking thing just uh, you don't need to spare so much okay I'll try to turn it down but anyway um, yeah but I'm pissed and you should be too you should be freaking outraged that these MFers are still running around free. Why aren't all the 160 Congress members charged? So call, get off your couch, America. Do your job as an American. Do something for your country for a change. Get up. Make a free phone call for democracy. 202-514-2000. Write that number down. 202-514-2000. Write it down. And call it every day. Why do I have to be the only person that like call the Justice Department every freaking day? Tell them how to do their job. Go ahead, I dare you. Anyway, let's listen to what uh, Mike Pence finally pulled his head out of his ass and attacked Trump. Things TikTok made me buy that are worth it. The new Incense Waterfall. Now he does. Now he attacks me. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. After Former Vice Department President Mike Pence actually came out with a pretty strong and scathing statement against Donald Trump it's after special counsel Jack Such Smith a brought a new indictment coward. against Donald Trump in Washington, D.C. federal court for Donald Trump's criminal conduct regarding the 2020 election and January 6th insurrection. Also, former Vice President Pence, who has testified before the grand jury, which ultimately voted to indict Donald Trump, Pence is featured prominently in special counsel Jack Smith's indictment in Washington, D.C. We'll talk about that as well. Let's take a look at former Vice President Mike Pence's statement issued moments after uh, the indictment was announced. Quote, this is coming from Pence, by the way. Pence goes, Today's indictment serves as an important reminder. Anyone who puts himself over the Constitution should never be president of the United States. <laughs> Our country is more important 
than one man. Our Constitution is more important than any one man's career. Do I find myself agreeing with something former Vice President Mike Pence is saying? Well, he issued another statement where I agree with 75% of it, but here's another statement that Mike Pence issued from his Mike Pence for President letterhead. Good luck with that, Mike Pence. Mike Pence goes, Mike Pence today issued the following statement on the news of former President Trump's indictment. Today's indictment serves as an important reminder anyone who puts himself over the Constitution should never be president of the United States. Quote, I will have more to say about the government's case after reviewing the indictment. The former president is entitled to the presumption of innocent, but with this indictment, his candidacy means more talk about January 6th and more distractions. I agree with that part of what he's saying, not this last statement. Pence goes, as Americans, his his candidacy means less attention paid to Joe Biden's disastrous economic policies afflicting millions across the United States and to the pattern of corruption with Hunter. Like, you got to mention Hunter Biden and all of the deranged MAGA Republican conspiracies. He he almost got the statement right, but what is it, Pence? Is it the... uh, spies for the CCP, the spies for China, that your Republican colleagues, you think that's a credible whistleblower, or or, or who else is it? The Russian oligarch, or the dead or missing whistleblower? That's Hunter? That's what you think the American people really give a crap about Hunter? I mean, it's just so pathetic. And oh, and Joe Biden's disastrous economic policies? I mean, I remember your disastrous economic policies. I remember what our economy and country was like during COVID. And then I remember President Joe Biden actually implementing policies, which he now frames as Bidenomics, like the Inflation Reduction Act and like the Infrastructure Act and like the PACT Act and the CHIPS Act and uh, all of these other programs. We have you know hundreds of infrastructure projects popping up each month, thousands of infrastructure projects popping up each month, because I think President Biden's done a pretty decent job when it comes to the economy. I think that's an understatement, not a spike the football moment, but has done a pretty, pretty good job. But in any event, that's about as strong as you'll see former Vice President Mike Pence get. But look, he's featured prominently uh, in this uh, indictment uh, that was just unsealed by Special Counsel Jack Smith. There's like a whole section where where Pence is featured. Um, Let's go to paragraph 90. Uh, This is from the indictment brought by Special Counsel Jack Smith. It says, On several private phone calls in late December and early January, Defendant Trump repeated knowingly false claims of election fraud and directly pressured Vice President, the Vice President, to use his ceremonial role at the certification proceeding on January 6th to fraudulently overturn the results of the election, and the Vice President resisted, including on December 25th, when the Vice President called the defendant to wish him a Merry Christmas, the defendant quickly turned the conversation to January 6th and his request that the Vice President reject electoral votes that day. The Vice President pushed back, telling the defendant as the Vice President already had in previous conversations, quote, you know, I don't think I have the authority to change the outcome. B, on December 29th, as reflected in the vice president's contemporaneous notes, the defendant falsely told the vice president that the, quote, Justice Department was finding major infractions. By the way, the fact that there were contemporaneous notes, you know how special counsel Jack Smith got those notes? Pence turned him over when Pence testified before special counsel Jack Smith. C, on January 1, the defendant called the vice president 
president and berated him because he had learned that the vice president had opposed a lawsuit seeking a judicial decision that, at the certification, the vice president had the authority to reject or return votes to the states under the Constitution. The vice president responded that he thought there was no constitutional basis for such authority and that it was improper. In response, the defendant, Trump, told the vice president, quote, you're too honest. Within hours of the conversation, the defendant reminded his supporters to meet in Washington before the certification proceeding, tweeting, quote, the big protest rally in Washington, D.C. will take place at 11 a.m. on January 6th. Location and details to follow. Stop the steal, Trump wrote. D. On January 3rd, the defendant again told the vice president that at the certification proceeding, the vice president had the absolute right to reject electoral votes and the ability to overturn the election. The vice president responded that he had no such authority and that a federal appeals court had rejected the lawsuit, making that claim the previous day. Here is another one, and as Greg Sargent puts it, here's a striking passage from the indictment where Trump reinserted language attacking Pence into his speech to the 1-6 mob, the January 6th mob, right after Pence rebuffed his pressure to halt the electoral count. Suggests Donald Trump expressly understood the mob as his weapon of pressure against Pence. Here's paragraph 102. At 11.15 a.m., the defendant called the vice president again, pressured him to fraudulently reject or return Biden's legitimate electoral votes. The vice president again refused. Immediately after the call, the defendant, Trump, decided to single out the vice president in public remarks he would make within the hour, reinserting language that he had personally drafted earlier that morning, falsely claiming that the vice president had the authority to send electoral votes to the states, but that advisors had previously successfully advocated to be removed. Well, that's what Pence saying. What are some of these MAGA cult members saying? Here's Mark Levin! That's Mark Levin talks. That's why Mark Levin, he goes on Fox and he just goes on Schlapp, brother. Response from today's GOP. Schlapp goes, 
I just used that expression, give credit where credit's due. I wonder if you saw my video. Subscribe to the Midas Touch podcast and hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. Following statement on the news of former President Trump's indictment. Today's indictment serves as an important reminder anyone who puts himself over the Constitution should never be President of the United States. Quote, I will have more to say about the government's case after reviewing the indictment. The former President is entitled to the presumption of innocence. But with this indictment, his candidacy means more talk about January 6th and more distractions. I agree with that part of what he's saying, not this last statement. Pence goes, as Americans, his, candid his candidacy means less attention paid to Joe Biden's disastrous economic policies afflicting millions across the United States and to the pattern of corruption with Hunter, like you got to mention. Hunter Biden and all of the deranged MAGA Republican conspiracies. He almost got the statement right, but what is it? Pence, is it the uh, spies for the CCP, the spies for China, that your Republican colleagues, you think that's a credible whistleblower, or, or who else is it? The Russian oligarch, or the dead or missing whistleblower? That's Hunter? That's what you think the American people really give a crap about Hunter? They're just so pathetic. And you know, with Joe Biden's disastrous economic policies, I mean, I remember your disastrous economic policies. I remember what our economy and country was like during COVID. And then I remember President Joe Biden actually implementing policies, which he now frames as Bidenomics, like the Inflation Reduction Act, and like the Infrastructure Act, and like the PACT Act, and the CHIPS Act. And all of these other programs, we have you know, hundreds of infrastructure projects popping up each month, thousands of infrastructure projects popping up each month, because I think President Biden's done a pretty decent job when it comes to the economy. I think that's an understatement, not a spike the football moment, but it's done a pretty, pretty good job. But in any event, that's about as strong as you'll see former Vice President Mike Pence get. But look, he's featured prominently uh, in this uh, indictment uh, that was just unsealed by Special Counsel Jack Smith. There's like a whole section where Pence is featured. Um, let's go to paragraph 90. Uh, this is from the indictment brought by Special Counsel Jack Smith. It says, On several private phone calls in late December and early January, Defendant Trump repeated knowingly false claims of election fraud and directly pressured Vice President, the Vice President to use his ceremonial role at the certification proceeding on January 6th to fraudulently overturn the results of the election, and the Vice President resisted, including 
On December 25th, when the vice president called the defendant to wish him a Merry Christmas, the defendant quickly turned the conversation to January 6th and his request that the vice president reject electoral votes that day. The vice president pushed back, telling the defendant, as the vice president already had in previous conversations, quote, You know, I don't think I have the authority to change the outcome. B. On December 29th, as reflected in the vice president's contemporaneous notes, the defendant falsely told the vice president that the, quote, Justice Department was finding major infractions. By the way, the fact that there were contemporaneous notes, you know how special counsel Jack Smith got those notes? when Pence testified before See, on January 1, the defendant called the vice president and berated him because he had learned that the vice president had opposed a lawsuit seeking a judicial decision that, at the certification, the vice president had the authority to reject the Constitution. The vice president responded that he thought there was no constitutional basis for such authority and that it was improper in response to the defendant Trump told the vice president, quote, you're too honest. Within hours of the conversation, you're the defendant reminded honest. his supporters to meet in Washington before the certification proceeding, tweeting, quote, the big protest rally in Washington, D.C. will take place at you're 11 a.m. on January 6th. Location and details to follow. Stop the steal, Trump wrote. D. On January 3rd, the defendant again told the vice president that at the certification proceeding, the vice president had the absolute right to reject electoral votes and the ability to overturn the election. The vice president responded that he had no such authority and that a federal appeals court had rejected the lawsuit, making that claim the previous day. Here is another one, and as Greg Sargent puts it, here's a striking passage from the indictment where Trump reinserted language attacking Pence into his speech to the 1-6 mob, the January 6 mob, right after Pence rebuffed his pressure to halt the electoral count. Suggests Donald Trump expressly understood the mob as his weapon of pressure against Pence. Paragraph 102. At 11.15 a.m., the defendant called the vice president again, pressured him to fraudulently reject or return Biden's legitimate election. Votes. The vice president again refused. Immediately after the call, the defendant, Trump, decided to single out the vice president in public remarks he would make within the hour, reinserting language that he had personally drafted earlier that morning, falsely claiming that the vice president had the authority to send electoral votes to the states, but that advisors had previously successfully advocated to be removed. Well, that's what Pence saying. What are some of these MAGA cult members saying? Here's Mark Levin. Mark Levin, he goes on Fox and he just goes, let's see what he says. Jack Smith just destroyed the constitutional electoral system. Mark Levin says, Jack Smith just destroyed the constitutional electoral system. It's all Russian-style propaganda, projection and confession. So Donald Trump was trying to get over Vice President Pence to destroy the constitutional electoral system. John Eastman, one of the unindicted co-conspirators, in special counsel Jack Smith's indictment, tried to overturn the electoral vote in general and basically say that state legislatures could just anoint Donald Trump a king of the United States of America, that they could submit fake electoral slates. It's all production. Here's Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk, one of the most influential MAGA Republicans now, he goes, this indictment reads like it was written by a deranged college freshman, perpetually furious. Trump ever became president. See, that's, that's, it's all projection and 
profession. Charlie Kirk, deranged college freshman, never went to college, um, but Charlie Kirk uh, is certainly a deranged and a perpetually furious individual, which he's describing himself right there. Here is uh, Tim Poole, who pretends to be a liberal, that's his shtick. Uh, the psyop Tim Poole acts like he's like a Democrat, but like, says, you are in a civil war uh, to NBC and his own Philadelphia. Here's Matt Schlapp, who sued for sexual assault. Um, Matt Schlapp, this is what Philip Kowski goes, another calm, rational, and measured response from today's GOP. Schlapp goes, Schlapp goes, Dear House GOP, defund Jack Smith now. Use your power to defund everything that is out of bounds. It will take shutting things down, but in the end, they don't fear our authority. They will imprison us and take down America constitutionalism. Very, very rational. Very rational responses right there, but hey. Pence almost got the state. I had to mention Hunter Biden. But other than that, Pence gave it to the Subscribe to the Mighty Touch podcast and hit subscribe on our YouTube channel. Hey, Midas Mighty, love this report. Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram at Midas Touch. Keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. with the volume.
While much of the information in the indictment was generally known, there is some new information as well, including from testimony from Fox. Oh, First drops, classics, retro, Thanks for 219k, by the way, it's crashing again, they're geofencing me. Co-conspirators who Trump allegedly enlisted to help with the plot to overturn the election results. None of them so far have been charged. Breaking news. Will they be? Breaking Trump news. 9 a.m. This morning. proving to be a key part of this historic indictment. Sarah is off today. I'm John Berman with Kate Baldwin. This is CNN News Central. Essentially, three parts to it, and they all 
are conspiracies propagated by Donald Trump, led by Donald Trump, and that Donald Trump was doing, working with these other lawyers who were with him after the election, people like Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, John Eastman, they were doing one thing, and his campaign, his White House advisors, and others in the Republican Party were telling him to stop, that he was doing something fraudulent, uh, and that he could not be spreading this disinformation because it just was not true. The three parts of this, they are three conspiracies. One, the conspiracy to defraud the United States government. That is one of the key charges here, the top charge that sets out how all of this scheme came together with a lot of different legs to it, trying to use state legislators, trying to use fake electors, trying to put pressure on the Justice Department, trying to pressure Mike Pence, and then also harnessing the power of those rioters on January 6th to try and block Congress. So that's the conspiracy to defraud. There's also a charge, two charges, in fact, related to obstructing the congressional proceeding on January 6th, the certification of electoral votes. There is a conspiracy alleged around that, a pretty sizable charge that carries a, a significant amount of maximum prison time if convicted. And then finally, a conspiracy against rights. Essentially, the Justice Department accusing Donald Trump of leading a conspiracy of disenfranchising people from their votes. Essentially, getting in there and disrupting the ability of people to cast votes in confidence that those would elect the next president of the United States. So pulling that all together. Here is a little bit more of what special counsel Jack Smith said yesterday after these charges were released. The attack on our nation's capital on January 6th, 2021 was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. As described in the indictment, it was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government the nation's process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. So the Justice Department is saying they're not just emphasizing the lies, they also are talking about how for more than two months following Election Day, the defendant spread lies that there had been outcome determinative fraud in the election and that they had actually won. So John, a sustained campaign to defraud the government, the voters, the congressional proceedings by the Justice Department. They're saying that this was not just something that happened uh, flippantly after the election, that it was a scheme that took place over the course of several months and that they are saying uh, could amount to several crimes. Trump's campaign is going as far as to try and say the indictment is reminiscent of 
persecutions in Nazi Germany, which is <laughs> rather historically correct, or even close to appropriate. The Anti-Defamation League called the comparison factually inaccurate, completely inappropriate, and flat-out offensive. CNN's Elena Treen joins us live near Trump's Bedminster, New Jersey home. Was the one Elena, that put Hitler behind Trump bars that Hitler wrote Mein Kampf in prison. What are they saying today? And how are they so maybe he can write a book if he can figure out how to write. You don't know how to read or write. Okay, Donald Trump was dying. very much prepared for He's this got an undiagnosed uh, learning disability, according to Mary Trump. expecting it to come last night, and it did. Uh, they spent all of Monday and Tuesday preparing for it. They lined up surrogates and influencers and allies to immediately respond once new charges were filed. And they had begun formulating a plan for how they would push back against this new indictment. And of course, as we've seen, uh, he's reviving the old playbook that he's used when talking about his legal troubles, which is to argue that these are purely political and argue that they amount to election interference. Now, um, we did hear one line, a potential line of defense from one of Trump's lawyers last night speaking in an interview with Caitlin Collins. Let's take a listen. Our focus is on the fact that this is an attack on free speech and political advocacy. And there's nothing that's more protected under the First Amendment than political speech. So at the, at the end, our defense is going to be focusing on the fact that what we have now is an administration that has criminalized the free speech and advocacy of a prior administration during a time that there is a political election going on. Yeah, well, he just ran to get out of prison. Okay, uh, I need to make one thing clear. I don't know if John Loro, uh, that attorney who was just speaking with Caitlin Collins or other members of Donald Trump's legal team, will actually use that as part of their defense in a potential trial. But we do know that this is what they want to put out into the public narrative. And we know that Donald Trump wants this to play out publicly. He wants to argue to his voters that he did not commit any crime. And I can tell you uh, from speaking with Donald Trump supporters, I was at his rally over the weekend in Erie, Pennsylvania. I spoke with many Trump supporters as they were heading in to the venue, and they believe him. They believe that he did nothing wrong, uh, and they also think that he's a victim of a two-tier justice Aww. system. And you can see in the polls, Donald Trump, Trump is still very much the Republican frontrunner. And so um, I think as you continue to see them message on this, he'll be in Alabama on Friday, he'll be in South Carolina on Saturday for two different campaign stops. He's going to continue to use this type of rhetoric. Elaine Train, thank you so much. So as we mentioned, the indictment lists six unnamed co-conspirators. They're not named because they have not been charged with any crimes yet. Unindicted co-conspirators. CNN has been able to identify five of these people. They include Trump ally and attorney Rudy Giuliani, constitutional lawyer John Eastman, conservative lawyer Sidney Powell, former DOJ official Jeffrey Clark, and attorney Ken Cheeseborough. The indictment identifies a last person as a political consultant. CNN's Zachary Cohen joins us now. It is so interesting to see these people listed as co-conspirators, to not see them named, and to not see them indicted, at least not yet, Zach. Yeah, John, especially because the indictment says very clearly that these are six people who Trump, quote, enlisted to assist him in his uh, criminal efforts. And look, if you read these, this list of five names that we have identified, and you're following along with the January 6th committee hearings, they're probably not all that surprising. They include 
four attorneys, and, um, namely at the top of the list, co-conspirator number one, Rudy Giuliani, who was acting as the former president's personal attorney at the time, but also the head of his uh, post-election legal team as they were trying to find evidence of voter fraud to back up you know, his claims that he had won an election that he really did not know. Giuliani was notable in the indictment because it lays out how he led the way on pressuring state legislators during this post-election period. That was really something we know from our reporting that investigators were asking a lot of witnesses about before the indictment came. You know, the, the, the second co-conspirator that we've identified is John Eastman, another attorney who was advising former President Trump either directly or indirectly at the time. And Eastman is most known for his, um, his plan to pressure Vice President Mike Pence and to overturn the election on January 6th. He was one of the uh, first people that pushed that idea into the high levels of the White House. The third is Sidney Powell, another Trump attorney, who was really one of the uh, biggest pushers of these conspiracy theories related to voting machines and fraud that came from that. She you know, put things like Venezuela hacking voting machines or China using thermometers to change and flip votes. Uh, Jeffrey Clark, a former DOJ official, we've also identified as one of the co-conspirators. He was the one that wanted to use the Justice Department to help overturn the 2020 election. And uh, we know from previous reporting and from uh, congressional reports that um, Jeffrey Clark was almost named acting attorney general by former President Trump um, in the waning days of his time in office. Finally, we've identified Kenneth Cheeseboro. He's probably the least known of the five individuals here. He's also a, a pro-Trump attorney who was really working to help overturn the election, but he was known or identified by the January 6th committee as the architect of the fake electors plot. And reading this indictment, the fake elector scheme is a cornerstone of what Jack, Jack Smith is laying out and what he says are crimes committed by Trump and potentially assisted by these five individuals and one other unidentified individual. Zach Cullen, thank you for bringing us up to speed on these five known people. The six remain something of a mystery right now. Thank you so much and to all of the reporters for that. Exactly. Coming up, much more on this. The indictment and the new details about former Vice President Mike Pence's conversations with Donald Trump leading up to January 6th and his testimony and all the detail in the indictment from him. What Pence is saying now about this historic indictment. And more about the federal judge assigned to preside over Trump's case. No stranger to other January 6th defendants and now facing a whole new spotlight with President Trump. For the first time in over a decade, the U.S. debt rating gets a downgrade, but January 6th also has to do with that. We'll be back. On that day are well known, of course, for standing up to the former president, but the notes that he kept leading up to January 6th, the conversations that he had with Trump, are new and now coming out. Pence reacted to the indictment, though, this way, writing... Putting out a statement saying today's indictment serves as an important reminder anyone who puts himself over the Constitution should never be president of the United States. <laughs> Adding, on January 6th, former President Trump demanded that I choose between him and the Constitution, and I chose the Constitution, and I always will. Seven hundred robocalls made every oh second of the US. Shut you might up. have been on the receiving end of one today. Yeah, there are dozens of them. In the Constitution, 
and I chose the Constitution, and I always will. It's hard to overstate the importance of Pence's role that day. According to the charging document, Trump was relentless in his efforts to get his VP to illegally reject the 2020 election results. To remember that on January 6th, Trump called on Pence to quote-unquote come through for him. highlights how Trump's pressure campaign seriously put vice president the, the vice president's life at risk. That were the enduring images from that day. Pence is also a victim in all of this, targeted that very day. As the riot was unfolding at 2.24 p.m., Trump attacked Pence for refusing to interfere with the Electoral College certification. At that point, he tweeted this, in part, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our Constitution. One minute later, the Secret Service was forced to evacuate the, the vice president, his family, and his team from the Senate chamber to a secure location. We later learned that Pence spent several hours in a loading dock underneath the building as law enforcement worked to push back the mob. At one point, he was less than 100 feet from the violent crowd. John. All right, Kate, joining us now, former Trump White House lawyer Jim Schultz and CNN legal analyst and former federal prosecutor Elliot Williams. Friends, there's no real dispute here about what happened, right? The actions that took place, generally speaking, everyone agrees took place. So what Jack Smith has to prove, Elliot, is that what took place was a crime. Right, and specifically for uh, a number of things here, you have to get inside the defendant's head. We've talked at length, John, in the past about uh, criminal intent and whether you have to prove that some actions were willful or knowledgeable or whatever. Now, um, there are enough, there's at least one instance in here of the president saying and acknowledging that he lost the, uh, the 2020 election. I can't believe I had to hand this over to those guys, the next guys who are, um, but there's a lot of statements from people around the president advising him that he lost the election. You're going to have to draw a link between all of the people, including senior government officials, telling him a fact and him internalizing that fact and believing it. That, that can be tough. Now, there's a lot of evidence here, but it all comes down to this subject, these subjective questions of knowledge or intelligence in some extent. Now, Jim, what defenders of the president say is this was free speech, that he had a right to say these things, these fraudulent things. Look, even the special counsel in the indictment says the defendant had a right, like every American, to speak publicly about the election, even to claim falsely that there had become outcome-determinant fraud during the election and that he had won. However, what some lawyers will tell you is that while you have a right to say that, you don't have a right to coerce people to act corruptly. What evidence do you see in this indictment that he tried to force people to act corruptly? So I think it was really smart for the government to, you know, put the First Amendment issues on the table and then kind of dismiss them and take them off. They say, look, you do have that right to say those things. You have a right to lie, but you don't have a right to commit crimes and cr create a conspiracy to put fake electors in, to switch out 
the Attorney General of the United States because the Department of Justice isn't saying what you want it to say. They were very careful about the acts, if you will, and, and, show, and, 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 and making the allegations relative to the acts that led to the criminal conspiracy. The criminal acts were what, Jim? Can you expand on that a little bit, particularly with so the fake electors? So, for instance, the, the fake elector scheme, right? And, and working with folks in-state to, to put the fake electors slate, you know, and, and to send fake electors um, to, to, to uh, undo the electoral college process. And then also, I mean, the, the idea that you would have the, uh, us, us, Jeffrey Clark, the allegation is Jeffrey Clark, you know, putting pressure up the chain at DOJ, saying, look, I'm going to be the attorney general if you don't act the way I think you should act. And doing that at the behest of the president of the United States is very compelling. And then you have folks that are around him like, you know, the, the counsel to the president, the deputy counsel to the president, the chief of staff is kind of weaved in through this indictment, all saying, look, you can't do these things. And you lost the election. You had political operatives telling him the same thing. You lost the election. So all of that kind of feeds into this idea that, in, into the theory that the government has, that there was a conspiracy to, to do certain things that could have overturned the outcome of the election, using DOJ, using fake electors, just to name a couple. And, and so, Elliot, what's the key then to convince jurors of what? Well, let's look at one of the statutes is literally obstructing Congress or conspiring to obstruct an official proceeding. And you have to prove that there was an official proceeding, which was a decertification of the votes, that their intent as a scheme or as a conspiracy was to get in the way of that through implementing this fake elector scheme. And, and that's relatively straightforward. On its face, on that its face. appears to be what happened there. We're going to send these slates of fake electors. That's going to muck things up. That's... Right, right there on paper. Right, now another one, conspiracy to defraud the United States. It's, um, you through an, an act of trickery or deceit, um, impede a government function. And you can say that, and the argument here is that by lying about losing the election, um, in, in an attempt to impede a government function, that, that's the class. Let's talk about Mike Pence sure. for a moment, oh, yeah. if we will, because some of the, there's not a ton new in this indictment, but there are a couple tidbits that are absolutely new, and they come from the former vice president of the United States, or at least concern the former vice president of the United States. Uh, he apparently kept contemporaneous notes. Yes. Okay, and let me read this quote. On December 29th, as reflected in the vice president's contemporaneous notes, the defendant falsely told the vice president that the Justice Department was finding major infractions in the election process. That word contemporaneous is huge because it's legally relevant. Notes taken at the time of someone's impression are just given more weight in court or given more weight as evidence than, than someone's recollections months later when they write something down. That is clearly what he thought at the time, what he was observing, and perhaps it'll come in as evidence. And, Jim, it's a lie, right? I mean, the, the, the Justice Department was not finding major infractions there. And to have this, to have that moment in this indictment, and potentially to have the former Vice President of the United States as a witness telling jurors that Donald Trump was lying to me when he's trying to convince me to overturn the election? What impact might that have? 
And in fact, Rich Donahue and Jeff Rosen and others uh, 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 allegedly said, look, if you're going to move forward with these types of allegations, we're all going to resign and there's going to be mass resignations. And that's when you saw them back off and Jeffrey Clark back off, according to the allegations in the complaint. So, yes, I mean, that 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 lie that they t that he was telling to the vice president, the alleged lie that he was telling to the vice president was is going to be material to this and the fact it's very compelling the vice president took those notes and he's going to be a key witness in this which is certainly going to be historic yeah talk about history right there you know the former vice president of the united states as a one in seven children does not have enough food to lead a healthy and active life but what does it take to end global hunger it costs 80 cents to feed the United States as a witness against the former president of the United States. I gotta let you both go, but Elliot, in 10 seconds or less, these unindicted co-conspirators, how much longer will they be unindicted? I don't know, I think uh, not very long. At least some, I'd be stunned if at least one of them wasn't charged with a crime at some point. Elliot, Jim, great to have both of you here. Thank you very much. As we said, this is historic, and we're getting new reactions. Members of Congress to this historic indictment against Donald Trump, seen as Lauren Fox, now live in Washington, D.C. And Lauren, look, we know that the Trump campaign was giving notes, briefing notes, rapid reaction notes to many Republican members of Congress. What do they say? Yeah, and this reaction, this organized reaction, was part of a weeks-long effort as Trump's team knew that this indictment was looming. Republicans on Capitol Hill, at least in the House of Representatives, largely coming to Trump's defense and swiftly. You saw last night comments coming quickly from Kevin McCarthy, the House Speaker, Elise Stefanik, the GOP conference chairwoman, as well as Jim Jordan, who's the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Stefanik calling it a dark day, but I would just remind people that there is a split between what we are seeing in the House of Representatives, where some of Trump's closest allies are, and what we are seeing in the U.S. Senate. We still have not gotten statements from Mitch McConnell or John Thune, the top Republicans in that chamber, and that's really not a coincidence. It is something that we have seen play out in previous indictments of former President Donald Trump, but I would just point out that Mitch McConnell has made it clear in the past how he felt about Trump's actions back on January 6th. If you remember, Donald Trump was impeached for his actions when it went to the Senate. Mitch McConnell voted to acquit him, but following that vote, Here's what McConnell said on the floor in February 2021. President Trump is still liable for everything he did while he was in office. As an ordinary citizen, unless the statute of limitations is run, still liable for everything he did while he was in office. Didn't get away with anything yet. Yeah. We have a criminal justice system in this country. We have civil litigation. And former presidents are not immune from being accountable by either one. And you can bet when Republican and Democratic lawmakers return from a months-long August recess, Mitch McConnell is going to be pressed on what he said there and what he thinks of this latest indictment. John? All right, Lauren Fox, thank you very much for that. Let's talk about this and, well, everything before us in this moment. Joining us now, White House Bureau Chief for the Washington Post, Tulu Oluwanipa, and presidential historian Douglas Brinkley. It's good to see you guys. 
Let's get into the reaction and, and, and the past is now present with Mitch McConnell in just a second, Doug. But there's historical context around all of this. How are we going to look back on this, at this, in 50 years? That um, the lead up to January 6th, uh, Donald Trump and his co conspirators were working to undermine a free and fair American election. They lied multiple times. Um, that were the, Trump will have his day in court. But this is one of those moments that uh, you realize, and, and the positive, that our judicial system is working. On the other hand, how close we came to having a kind of coup d'etat fascist dictatorship. Perhaps if not for a Vice President Pence, uh, Trump may have found a way to try to hang into the White House um, longer. And I do think, to me, the big news here are these contemporary notes of Vice President Pence, because it pits the two men against each other in a very uh, clear-minded way. And also the fact that just seeing Rudy Giuliani's name as one of the co-conspirators that's being floated, and to think how people used to look up to him at the time of 9-11, of leaving, uh, leaving New York City through that horrible, uh, tragic terrorist attack, and then how low Giuliani has sunk to becoming the two-bit, um, you know, deal swinger of Donald Trump's uh, fraudulent um, election lie. Just a remarkable series of events here. The good news to me is that our country produces men like Jack Smith and women uh, who go and do the detailed work and create a factual record so historians like myself can use them as grist for the mill of history. So to what extent is this the whole election campaign now for Republicans in the primary? You know, it's about how much they're going to address this or frankly run from it as an issue. And if Trump emerges as a Republican nominee, how much is this just a referendum on whether or not he should be able to pardon himself? And yeah, you have to sort of bifurcate the primary from the general election. In the primary, Trump has been pretty effective at uh, telling his voters that this is uh, something that has made me a victim. This is the weaponization of the Justice Department, and it's rallied support for him. And you haven't seen any other Republican candidate able to take on uh, the president over these indictments, over the rule of law issue. Instead, they are siding with him on this idea of the Justice Department. And for that reason, his numbers are going up. But when you talk about the general election, you're going to see a number of independent who are not happy about January 6th, who remember what happened on January 6th and have turned away from Trump because of what he did on January 6th. And that issue had uh, faded from the headlines for uh, much of the last six months and much of the last year after the January 6th committee finished up its, its report. But now that this indictment is back in the mix, it's going to be at the top of the uh, agenda for this upcoming presidential campaign. And there's little Trump can do to win back independence over how he handled January 6th. And Doug, you mentioned Mike Pence, and I wanted to ask you, we wanted to ask you about this because you've now, I mean, his, he's key, his testimony is key in the indictment, his contemporaneous notes, and you have a man who is testifying against his former boss, now running against his former boss, who could be a key witness in a trial against his former boss. Talk about that in the context of history. Well, they better double and triple the security around Mike Pence's uh, next campaign performance. I mean, he's only polling at, uh, you know, up to 3% on a few. He's not doing very well. But he's standing like Liz Cheney, who just won the Profiles and Courage Award for the John F. Kennedy Presidential Library. Pence is standing up as a Republican 
who had the had the decency and loved this country enough to uphold our institutions. And Pence is somebody who's coming out of all this drama in good shape in history. Um, and so, you know, the you, you never know where you're going to find the, the person that stands up for democracy at the last minute. We remember during the Joe McCarthy era where the army finally came up and took uh, McCarthy on. You had senators like Margaret Chase Smith taking McCarthy on. And this key moment, uh, we had Vice President Pence do the right thing, take contemporary notes, share it with federal investigators, and let the chips go. He was fucking subpoenaed to do it. He's no fucking hero. Work, uh, in close tandem. Just because he didn't want to overthrow the fucking government. He ain't no hero. He didn't speak up until he was subpoenaed. I thought he should have been named as a co-conspirator until he sang like a canary. Work uh, in close tandem with the boss uh, of Donald Trump. And his break and that line that will live forever is 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 Trump telling Pence, uh, you know, uh, the problem with you basically make is you tell the truth. Uh, and I think that will be used um, in, in this um, case also. So it's it's a big moment in American history right here. It's one of more to come. Atlanta's going to pop in a couple of weeks. And you're seeing a former president of the United States and the leader of the GOP besieged by legal troubles. Uh, so first of all, every time I hear your computer beep, I think the Washington Post is about to break something. So if you are, tell us here first. That aside... Um, our friend John Dickerson over at CBS wrote something really, I think, interesting or provocative overnight. He said in the first Republican debate, Mike Pence's competitors should be asked if they believe what he did on January 6th was heroic. Then having recorded <laughs> everyone's answer, ask if they would have done the same thing. I mean, it's pretty provocative to think about that. And it's hard to imagine anyone maybe besides Chris Christie who will actually be on that debate stage taking a stand. <clears throat> Yeah, because they realize that in order to win the primary, I think Chris to just, get some traction in the Republican primary. I think Chris Christie's, uh, well, he should be the Republican um, nominee because DeSantis and Trump better be disqualified. They sh they must be disqualified. They should n they must not be able to fucking run, freaking run for president. Okay, it's just outrageous. Uh, violent rape of democracy and uh, unless they're disqualified <laughs> which is really run and led by Republican base voters who are loyal to Trump they have to be seen as being on Trump's side in this battle between him and the Justice Department and so uh, there are a number uh, actually a majority of Republican primary voters who believe that the election was stolen who don't have a problem with what Trump did in, on January 6th and who if you look at the polls do not side with Mike Pence, do not think that Mike Pence did the right thing. His uh, ability to raise money, his ability to get support in the polls as a former vice president has been limited in part because he's on the opposite side of Trump. And I think a number of these Republican candidates realize that and they're going to stick with Trump versus Pence. All right, Douglas Brinkley to Arterica. Great to see both of you gentlemen. Thank you very much. So one indictment last night.
And new signs this morning that yet another against Donald Trump.